warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 385. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It's, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. Something has crept or has been driven out of dark waters under the mountains. There are older and fallow things and orcs in the deep places of the world. And you're listening to one of them. This is Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. You shall not fast forward. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, take it down. All right. Okay. Okay. Jesus. I asked, you know, no, it's my fault. I asked for, I wanted a 10 Jake and you gave me 11. You said, you know, I'm going to go above and beyond. (laughs) I'm going to go above and beyond is what Jake said this week. It's hard to just, like, go to 10 and not, like, go that extra step. You went to the Kenny Loggins danger zone there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I already hate myself on this episode, Jake. Already? Already. a record. Yeah, yeah, already. Guys, we're not alone. We got Neil from the Smorgasbork Podcast. Welcome back, Neil. Thanks for having me back. Good to talk to you guys again. Neil, I gotta talk to you about something here real quick. I'm gonna do it anyway, I don't care if it offends you, but I'm gonna let you know. I'm thinking about doing... Talk to Jake about it, Jake's on board. We're gonna do an all-snorks podcast called Snorkus Board. (laughs) Do you have problems with the name? No. Me and Jake are going to be revisiting the snorks week by week. Actually, we're going to cancel Pop Culture Leftovers. We're going to be doing Snorkus Board full time. That's all we all needed was more snork content. Can't you wait for Manscaped ads before Snorkus Board? (laughs) 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 I I think Manscaped would drop us at that point. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is not what we signed on to do, guys. We thought you Manscaped gonna... does not work underwater. What the fuck? We can't advertise it. It's waterproof, Jake. We've talked about this many episodes. It's waterproof. Waterproof. Waterproof doesn't mean working underwater, though. Jake, do not speak ill of our sponsor. <laughs> fucking James Cameron could do a Titanic dive and shave his fucking balls, okay? Yes, yes, you're correct, you're correct. Jesus, all right. Hey! Wow, Snorks went four seasons, holy shit. <laughs> Don't act surprised, we're doing the podcast, Jake, we know all this. <laughs> Of course, yes, I am the resident expert when it comes to the snork. Everything's, everything with the snorks is all new to Jake, and that's what's going to be the fun dynamic on the show, isn't it, Jake? Oh, yeah. Oh, the snorks female is kind of hot. Jake, save it for the podcast. <laughs> she has an extra hole, too. Ooh. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're also joined by Joe Stark from Starkcast. Welcome back, Joe. Hey, excited to be here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Joining us was Joe from the Starkcast. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I wanted to. I got a gift here. No, Joe. Happy to have you on board this week. Thanks. I'm stoked to be here. I always have such a great time talking with you guys. Ah, why do you turn this podcast into a den of lies, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got a gift from a listener, uh, Lloyd Kachinka, and uh, let's see what Lloyd sent me. Fucking dude, I knew it was this. Thank you so much, man. I'm gonna be watching this. Uh, he sent us the email a couple weeks ago about the Snake Eyes origin story in animated form, uh, called G.I. Joe Resolute. And, uh, I complained to Joe and Paul that I had to buy $25 worth of shit on Amazon because I'm not a Prime member in order to get it. And Lloyd said, fuck it, I am a Prime member, and he sent me G.I. Joe Resolute on DVD. I will be watching this. Thank you, sir. And the animation on the back looks really fucking good. So cannot wait to dive into G.I. Joe Resolute. Anybody else wants to buy this, you can go on Amazon and buy it and check it out. It's fucking like five bucks on Amazon. You can't beat that. Yeah, so. use our Amazon link on our website. Yeah, go, use the Amazon link on the website. Go to uh, popcultureleftovers.com and clip, click on the uh, Amazon link. It says, like, shop, connect, enjoy, or whatever the fuck. Click on that fucker and buy it. Yeah, that'll pay the bills you buying a $5 DVD. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, I'm going to be retiring and moving to Malibu. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Lloyd, man. I love fucking listeners like that looking out for me, man. That's fucking cool. Guys, we've got a new contest this week. New today on digital, Pierce Brosnan leads a star-studded cast in the action-packed, high-stakes, heist thriller, The Misfits. Also starring Nick Cannon, Tim Roth, and Jamie Chung, a band of modern-day Robin Hoods recruit a renowned thief to help them pull off the heist of the century Hold on tight for the thrill ride of the summer. Buy or rent the Misfits now on digital and on demand. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. It's a it's a story. It's a, a band of modern day Robin Hoods recruited a renowned thief to help steal millions and gold bars stashed underneath one of the world's most secure prisons. Jake, that sounds exciting. Pierce Brosnan. 
yeah, we should do that. That's get some gold. It's a good idea. I wasn't throwing it into like real life scenario for me and you, Jake, to, to go on this fucking like uh, adventure together or whatever. All right, all right. I guess I won't <laughs> recruit you. I'm j- <laughs> take. Thought, I thought you were going to be the demolition expert, but I don't know now. Take Joe with you because you know he's going incognito, saying "Hey!" all over the fucking. <laughs> he's. <laughs> yeah, distraction. The, uh... <laughs> it's not a remake of the Clark Gable and Marilyn Monroe movie, is it? Oh man! Now you're asking me trivia on a movie here. <laughs> I don't know, but Neil, why don't you look that up? I don't know. I, I, I honestly it does I, not look like it. I don't know. Is that was that the premise of that movie? No, not at all. So no, probably not then, Neil. No, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna win uh, a digital copy of uh, the Misfits, I'm gonna send out a tweet and a Facebook post, retweet and share the post that I that I put out there. And uh, send uh, me a screenshot that of, as proof that you did this. Send it to comments at popcultureleftovers.com and title it The Misfits. Please title it The Misfits because some of you people think it's cute to title it something else. And honestly, it, it helps me when I pull up the email that I can just type in. I can do a search for the misfits and then all the entries show up. But some of you fuckers think you're cute and you title it, <laughs> you, you, you title it Johnny Fuck Nuts, Fuck Nuts McGee or whatever the fuck you titling shit. And then, and then I got then I gotta go through pages and pages of these fucking emails and writing your goddamn names down for these contests. So don't be cute. And I, Rebecca, you fucking did it this week. Rebecca Daling did it. <laughs> what was her subject? Uh, she just called it the contest or something like that. Which isn't that isn't that That's the, ep- the Seinfeld episode? No, that was the bet. That was the bet, wasn't it, Jake? It was the contest. I think it is the bet. I think I it's the bet because they made a bet. It wasn't a contest as to like who could shave their not oh not masturbate. It was a. I'm thinking of still thinking of Manscaped. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a contest of like who could not masturbate. It was a bet. The contest, season four, episode eleven. Is that the same episode, though? Mm. Seinfeld, the bet. I'm already googling shit. It's, yeah, it's, it's the contest. It's called the contest. I guess it was a contest. Everybody just called it a bet in Seinfeld. So I, was, Jake, you're right. Fuck, Are I'm you familiar with that episode. Yeah, oh, of course, I've seen that episode a ton of times. <laughs> you know what weirds? Can I go on a tangent about that episode real quick? Okay, sure. It, it weirds me out that Kramer leaves, and then I swear it's like three seconds later he comes back in and he's already lost the bet. I, what did he do in three seconds? <laughs> Dude, he knows his equipment better than anybody else. <laughs> He's not a marathon man. <laughs> it's impressive. Not only did he decide he needed to do it, but he was able to do it in three seconds. He did that sting tantric shit where he can just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just. <laughs> yeah, so enter the contest. Guys, we're going to go over the winners for the Indiana Jones Blu ray box set. All in 4K. I'm going to do this. I'm going to add some fanfare here, Jake. You like that? I do. Oh, man. We got five winners here. Oh, God. Listen to this. (laughs) How special is this to hear your name as as this music is being played, Jake? 
I mean, it doesn't get that's better than the box set, I think, at this point. Better than the box set. Hearing your name. Uh, sure. I'm just going to read off everyone's name so they can feel that same joy. I've got over 100 people here to name. I'm kidding. I'm just going to read the five fucking... <laughs> I'm going to read... This is, honestly, everybody... I want to thank everybody for entering this contest. Uh, this is the biggest um, outpouring of uh, names that I've seen so far that we've started this. Until we did the Misfits this week, Jake. I I bet you we're going to get a lot more people entering oh, to yeah, win the Misfits. Oh, all those confused Marilyn Monroe fans. <laughs> 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 Don't leave out the Clark Gable fans. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Gable stands. Yeah. What did you say? The Gable stands. The Gable stands. That's what yeah. they're called. <laughs> that is what they're called. All right, let's see here. People are just like, just fucking pick the first winner. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you got somebody randomly like hitting that fucking 30-second fast forward button just to hear their fucking name. All right, here we go. First winner for the Indiana Jones Blu-ray box set goes to... Mark Busking. All right. Oh, nice. Mark Busking, a friend of the show. I mean, just an amazing guy. He does the Leftover Army podcast, uh, podcast of uh, What's Your Story? And he talks to um, different people in the Leftover Army on that podcast. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So, And also hosts the Nerdaholics podcast. So give them a listen. Congratulations, Mark Busking. Next winner... Kofi Man! Oh man, I love Kofi. Kofi, alright. Kofi Man wins. Kofi, uh, remember that Clubhouse app? He was the one who invited me onto Clubhouse. Oh, so, right. yeah. 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 Yeah, we had him on an episode too, I believe. Did he, did, was he on like a 300 or something or? I swear we had him on recently, like in the last 20 episodes. Alright, you're smoking crack, Jake. Uh, okay. let's see here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Who do we got? Number three. Fernando Aurelio, you're a winner. No time for love, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four. We got two left here. Number four. Rob Forrest, you won, dude. Rob Forrest, he's the guy that uh, did the new uh, PCL logo. He did the art for the PCL logo. Just an all-around great memer. Oh man, he did our logo too. Yeah, I did the logo for Smorgasbord. All right, let's see here, and the final winner. Oh man, this is a big one, Jake. Ray Ayala, Ray Ayala, you are the fifth and final winner for the Indiana Jones box set. I'm sorry that everybody that entered couldn't win, could only pick five, but I want to thank everybody for entering the contest. So thank you so much. And we're just gonna, you know what, we're gonna finish out the episode listening to this song. Holy shit, it's gonna be like I'm swashbuckling the whole episode. <laughs> Jake, didn't we have a bet about swashbuckling and who couldn't do it the longest? Oh shit, I'm like the Kramer of that bet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a contest, wasn't it? Huh? No, no, no. It was, in, in, in my version, it was a bet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it was called the contest all these years. All these years. Ah, oh, let's see here. We've got, uh, uh, man, Jake, uh, exciting for those five people. 
Yeah, that was a big prize. I mean, granted, you're going to get Crystal Skull too, but <laughs> you can just not watch it. <laughs> Use that part as a coaster. Yep, yep. We can we, we can have them give those out to like five other people that didn't win the main prize. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a punishment. I, exactly. That's, that's why it's so funny, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple emails here I want to read. First one comes from Randy. Randy sends us an email. <laughs> New, what? Whoa, Neil. <laughs> I was thinking of Randy from the Loki episode. <laughs> oh, Randy, the uh, the Roxon employee. Yeah. Roxcart yeah. employee. Yeah. None of us were, so that's why we didn't laugh with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> I was thinking of wrestling, Wrestler Hall of Fame Randy Orton. There you go. Yeah. I was thinking of a different wrestler, Randy Macho Man Savage. I, after you thought about him, I thought about Randy Orton again. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about Austin Powers catchphrase a little bit, too. I was thinking about that weird period in Randy Orton's history where he was a huge fan of Dr. Seuss and he wrote a book, Orton Here's a Who. (laughs) (laughs) The jokes are going to be flying fast and furious this episode, Jake. I noticed. <laughs> that was terrible. Nice. <laughs> That's the thing about fast and furious. They're not all going to stick. <laughs> ah, this one, the subject is holding out for a hero. Does that mean anything to you, Jake? I don't know what that would mean. <laughs> all right. Shit. <laughs> I knew, I knew what it meant. I know you did. <laughs> New listener, first time messenger? Question mark. Anyways, it is a pleasure listening to you all, and I think I may be one of your people, and so I will continue to listen. Jake, we got. How do you feel with the reassurance there? Yeah, I'm glad he came to terms with it and figured out that he was one of ours. And, and so I will continue to listen. Does that sound kind of like there might be a time where, like, he's not one of our people again? He's like, no, fuck these guys. I think I don't know, man. I think Randy might be a problem. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Randy. We'll cut it off now before it becomes an issue. Here's the thing, Randy. If you ever get to the point where you're like, ah, I don't feel like I'm one of their people anymore, I don't need to hear about it, okay? All right. We can start and stop at this email. Okay. Cause I'm liking you. I'm feeling you in this email. But if there ever comes a time where you're just like, eh, I'm not feeling these guys anymore. I don't need to hear about it, Randy. No. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hit me up with it. <laughs> I say, th- I say this because I get this shit, man. It's like, I've been listening for this long and then you said something I don't like and now I'm done. Dude. Ugh. Ten minutes ago, I didn't know you existed. I don't care if you stop listening, okay? I'll just, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't care. So you don't need to fucking go on a tirade of the email and tell me about it, because I don't care. Nothing's going to change on my end. Um, no, but it, subscribe and quietly fuck off into the night. Yeah, it's, it's that whole thing on Facebook where somebody's in a group and then they're going to tell everybody I'm leaving the group because of this. Oh, and it's yeah. like, no one gives a fuck. Um, and Randy, proclamation. I, I don't want Randy to think like I'm like coming at him right now. I'm not, dude. And this is just, it's, I'm trying to like basically like illustrate a whole other 
thing that happens with some of our <laughs> I don't think Randy's going to do this. I think Randy's a cool guy. Um, I was hoping that's that what the, we always think. That's what we the email. I know. And I was actually when I first read who this came from, Jake, I was hoping it was Randy Orton, but it wasn't. So <laughs> thanks for the abundance of laughs, humor and pop culture information that you produce for me and your audience. Question. If you had to inventory all of your Tupperware leftovers from the show up to this point, how many refrigerators or Tupperware items would you have? I don't know. Randy. I, it's, it's, I think. Well, that was a great email until I got to one of the dumbest questions you <laughs> ever received. <laughs> he goes on to say, how many 40 gallon trash bags would you have gone through of Tossets? Uh, stay safe. Much love to you and your loved ones. Sincerely, Randy. So, I don't, Randy, I don't even know how to answer that question. More than one. There you go. <laughs> I hope, hope, you're, hope you're satisfied. Uh, P.S. Loki season one, episode two, about three minutes and 50 seconds in. My ears have never had it so good. Brought a smile to my face instantly as I felt I was truly indulging in pop culture leftovers from your last episode, number 384. Love me some fucking Bonnie Tyler. That came from uh, All these fake Bonnie Tyler fans coming out of the woodwork now. <laughs> <laughs> Just to rub it into Jake's face. Fair, fair weather Bonnie Tyler fans. <laughs> now that she's having a moment. Oh, I've always been a fan. <laughs> I've had that on my 80s pop hits uh, playlist on Spotify for Oh, you don't have to prove yourself to us, Joe. <laughs> Je- Jesus, no, Joe. No one asked for one the th- Bonnie Tyler resume. <laughs> that's one of those songs where if I'm having a really bad day at work, it's like, I'll play that. And I'm going to sing along with it unashamedly. <laughs> it's one of those songs that's like, you can't be pissed off listening to this. So, Jake's just bitter. Jake's just... <laughs> <laughs> It's not been a good week for Jake with Bonnie Tyler. I know. Fuck. Fucking A. Too much. Uh, it's never too much. Give me more Bonnie. Give me more Bonnie. Uh, next email comes from Pete Smith. The subject is just try it once. And he goes on to talk about methamphetamines. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a... <laughs> Basically, he's got the entire recipe out here. It's really, it's an odd email, Jake. Yeah, the odd thing is it makes like 20 servings and he wants us to try it once. So what do we do with the other 19 servings? I'll give him to Neil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've had my time in the sun with that. Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, let's get on What's My Story podcast. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> I don't remember that part of the story. Uh, let's see here. Goes on to say, uh, hey, Brian, longtime listener and fan of the show. Oh, shit. I just hit my beer bottle on the mic. <laughs> God damn. Salud. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no shit. Oh, my God. I just want to say uh, you owe to yourself to give Hamilton a try. Just watch the first four songs. And if that doesn't who you... Go ahead and what's who? Uh, like, like Doctor Who? No, H O O. If that doesn't who you? Oh, he meant to say hook you. 
<laughs> I thought he like did a like a like he was wanting to talk about the 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 chocolate water drink, you who, but he just like flipped the but he said who you who you He's so excited for you to try Hamilton he forgot fucking letters off. He forgot the channel. K. Yeah. 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 Maybe K doesn't work on his fucking like <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> yeah, think of another word then at that point. Like you can easily find a different word than hook, like glue you or something. No, he uses that he on the keyboard he uses like that fucking long straight line and then that fucking like the the less than symbol to make a K. Oh, that would have been really confusing. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> now, he, that doesn't hook you. Go ahead and turn it off. I've challenged several. It's the Hamilton challenge. I've challenged. <laughs> <laughs> Stand in a bucket of ice water and watch Hamilton. No, it's it's like it's like the contest. It's like you try not to masturbate while watching Hamilton. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake's just got like this wet lap the entire fucking musical. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's it's a got, long musical, man. My shit gets pretty red by the end. Jake's just got a, a wad of paper towels on the ground. Um, what you doing, honey? Oh, just watching Hamilton. Uh, I've challenged several friends to do exactly this, and nearly all of them are blown away. I think there's a good chance you'll really be into it, and I don't want you to miss out on the experience. Uh, let's stop there with the email. Um, I'll, I'll read the rest, but I, no, I, I'm going to see if I see it, I'm going to see it live now that, you know, events and things like that are starting to, you know, come back and everything. When if Hamilton opens up somewhere around me, Chicago, St. Louis, Peoria, I'll go there and watch it. I'm not going to I don't want my experience to be ruined by watching it. That's I, I know myself. I'm not going to do it. I'm not taking the Hamilton challenge on Disney Plus. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it on the road. If you do if you do watch it on the road and you yeah. do enjoy it, at that point I would suggest you watch it on Disney Plus because it is you're never gonna see a better cast sure. do Hamilton than the cast you see on the original, you know, recording. Okay. That I probably won't happen, Jake. I'm just being honest with you, man. I'm not gonna fucking Oh yeah, bullshit I don't you. care. I, I've never once I, I the Hamilton thing, I to me it's okay. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it was a little bit on the overrated side, so I, I've never tried to like push the needle and say, "Oh, you need to watch this." That sucks, Mister Bonnie Tyler over there. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, go ahead, I've Joe. Never seen Ham- I was gonna say I've never seen Hamilton, and I've just got this like quirk in my personality to where if a certain set amount of people. Or like this is great. You need to see it, and like everybody's blowing it. For some reason, it'll push over into this camp in my mind of, oh yeah, I need to see it. Fuck you, I'm never going to see this. I never going to see it, and, and I don't know why. It's like, I, so I, I don't know. <laughs> but for whatever reason, that's where Hamilton is with it. And like, like my my sister is a high school government teacher, and and like she loves Hamilton. She's like, oh, you got to see it. And I'm like, let's not talk about this. <laughs> it's long too. It's not. It's not like a quick like popcorn TV watch. It's, yeah, it's some long ass shit. Oh god, that sounds torturous. I can't watch musicals on TV. It's not my thing, dude. So I don't want like I people rave about it. I don't want. <clears throat> I don't want this to. And I'm not saying it's not good. It's just it's. I I just have a better experience at, at watching these things live. Like that's always been my experience, and so I, I that's, I mean, that's the way I, I always challenge denied. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be that guy. I, I, I love going to. I mean, 
I loved going to comedy clubs. I think comedy clubs, going into comedy clubs, even if the comic isn't that great, it's just the experience of being there that elevates everyone's laughter and shit like that. Um, it takes a real special comic for like me to like watch a special on Netflix or on HBO to get me laughing out loud. It's just, I think there's something about being in the presence of a bunch of other people that are there for the same reason and we're all enjoying the same thing. That's why I think watching Endgame with an opening night crowd is gonna be way more impactful and memorable than watching Endgame at home on your iPhone or iPad. You know? So, um, that's, yeah. so, that's, that's where I come that's, from with musicals. That's one reason why I've always liked doing, uh, stage acting more than anything on cameras, cause you get like that, it's just this one fleeting moment that's never gonna happen again. There, there's something about that shared experience that is so transcendent above mere entertainment that it, it can never be replicated and, mm-hmm. It's just so powerful to have that one moment with that one group of people that can never happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't wait to hear you torture Jake about the hero song being featured in episode two of Loki. (laughs) I was dying when it started. Uh, Oh, and if you've never seen the documentary The Aristocrats, you owe it to yourself to give a try to... It's all about a joke that comics tell each other off stage, and I'm sure you'll love it. Neil, have you seen that? It sounds like you did. Yeah, I love it too. Hmm. Yeah, never it's, seen it's it. It's a fun. It's a fun documentary. Hmm. Bob Saget's in it. His is very dirty. Yeah, the prim- <laughs> the premise is is there's this one joke. It's like a joke that's the most famous joke among fellow stand-up comedians and. The movie shows all these different famous comedians doing their own take on the on the aristocrats joke. I'll have to check so, it out. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. I, I think it would be right up your alley. Yeah, that that I will watch. There you go. The Thank aristocrats you. challenge. <laughs> the aristocrats challenge. <laughs> Thank you guys for putting out episodes week after week that I can't wait to devour. It feels like I'm hanging out with good friends, listening to you, and all your fabulous guests. Even poor old Steve. (laughs) (laughs) And please give Hee Hee some head scratches for me. I want to let you know, when I read this for the first time, I think it was last night, I was actually in the midst of of petting Hee Hee on the head, my cat. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, that, that's the story. I was petting my fucking cat. There you go. <laughs> not, not much more to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Are you ready? No, hold on. I got a question for you. Here's the thing. I'm having some plumbing work done uh, in my house, getting some new pipes put in and all this shit. I've got some pipes that aren't working, and I've got a shower that's not working right now, and this has been going on for a little while, and now I can get it. I can get it fixed. And so I call... Call the plumber, had him come over, he looked at everything, and he's like, alright, I'm coming out on Thursday, and I'll do the job Thursday. And I like this guy, I saw like all the reviews on, on the internet, and everybody was really positive about this guy. And I went with him over another company. Uh, the other company was basically attacking its customers that had problems with them in, in, the, in the comments section, and it was just bizarre. So I was like, I'm gonna go with this guy, this guy's, this guy seems legit. And then I get a, I get a text on the day of, the morning of Thursday, when the plumber's supposed to come out and fix the pipes, and, uh, tells me that he can't make it, 
that he's got a funeral to go to. Jake, do you think it's a real funeral, or do you think that he had another he, he had another job come up? I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards it's a real funeral and give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Joe, my first thought is you generally know about a funeral a few days ahead of time, unless it was somebody that was maybe in, you know you you just found out like oh they died and the funerals tomorrow. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Could give him the benefit of the doubt. Neil. Yeah, I, I'm siding with uh, with Joe and Jake here. Uh, I, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Plumbers, they don't want to turn down some money. Yeah. So obviously, this must be a maybe a sudden death in a close family friend or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At first, I was kind of like, "Wow, this is this is kind of sudden." Like the morning of, this is all happening. But I guess that could happen. Where like you like the day before, you hear. That, yeah. Oh, oh my God! I, I didn't know so and so died. Oh, the funeral tomorrow. I want to be there. There was this part of me that was like, funeral starts at eleven. At eleven fifteen, I want to text this guy from a different phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go full fucking Larry David Kirby enthusiasm, like because I can't look at him in the eye like like Larry does in his episodes and like. See if try to look in their eye to see if they're lying. The, the Larry stare. The Larry stare. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, ah, but I was like, ah, that's fucked up. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so I didn't. I'm gonna take this. Guy, I'm gonna take this guy for his word, and hopefully, he comes out here does a great job for me. And I'll have especially since the reviews were all good. They were. They were really good. They were really good. And he came out here, and I feel like he was really honest with me when it came to everything. And and so I, yeah, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Minimum. And he looked like Mario. He was dressed in the... <laughs> I'm kidding. He looked nothing like Mario. Oh. <laughs> I really think more plumbers should do that. That would be amazing if he came out and he's like, Hey, it's me. Uh, I'm here to fix your pipes. Eh? Have you seen the princess? And, he, and the whole time he's kind of like jumping in the air. <laughs> you look out the driveway and he's stomping on a turtle. <laughs> oh, Pete is not going to like this. <laughs> Like, I'm like, well, where did that turtle come from? <laughs> he's just beating it with a hammer. <laughs> like, this is not okay. He comes in. He's like, oh, it's going to be a two-day job. Comes in the next day, and he's fucking wearing raccoon tail. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Got a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What if, wait, what if I went in, like, he's doing the work, and I go in, and he's fucking, like, taking a shower? <laughs> like he's like full fucking nude, full fucking just naked. Testing out his water. Yeah, he's like, I'm just testing out the water here. I want to make sure the water pressure's good. <laughs> he's like, you seen the water zone in the Mario games? <laughs> <laughs> and he he starts humming that. He starts humming the water theme. <laughs> <laughs> and when he goes underneath the house, he's like, trying to fucking jump backwards into your walls on the ceiling and shit. <laughs> and then he pulls out his dick. He's like, you want to touch my mushroom? <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. That's enough. <laughs> 
You make you grow bigger. Oh, man. <clears throat> Enough of that. Enough of that talk, sir. Guys, let's jump in a good... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jake likes... I like how you were scolding yourself. Myself? I was... Yes. <laughs> Enough of that, sir. <sighs> let's jump in a good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. First thing I want to talk about, I went to the theater last night. Jake, this concludes uh, Fast Friday screenings. I've seen the first eight, all the movies that are available now from the Fast and Furious franchise. So I've seen the eighth film. Uh, and Jake, I saw them all in the theater, dude. I took I took the Fast and Furious challenge. That's awesome. And you, you succeeded. I succeeded in the challenge. Uh, yeah, Fate of the Furious, when a mysterious woman seduces Dominic Toretto into the world of terrorism and the betrayal of those closest to him, the crew face trials that will test them as never before. This one was directed by F. Gary Gray, who did Friday, set it off. Um, let me just start off by saying that I think I'm going to rank this one right with, uh, you know, the fourth film. It's... This one and the fourth film were probably my least favorites. I still really enjoyed it, and I, I, I liked what they did here. I think it was cool that, like, this whole twist of, like, why is Dom working with the villain? Why is he going against his team? You know, I really... What's amazing is I was never spoiled on this, Jake. I never... I had no idea. And then when the big reveal happened, I was like, holy shit. Um... Some of the things I didn't like. I didn't like... Who's the... Oh, God. Let me look up this actor. I'm going to pause real quick. All right. Yeah, I found the actor. This one, they introduced Scott Eastwood into this movie. Scott Eastwood sucked. Yeah. Who does he play? He plays Mr. Nobody's little lackey that follows him around. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And he's like the thrift store version of Chris Evans. I call him Thrift Evans. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah he sucked and uh i love but you know there's a lot of things that i did love about this movie i don't think that the action scenes were as i think it's all directing too i i mean i love f gary gray i love friday i love set it off but i don't know man some about fucking justin lynn's fast and furious movies are just Incredible. He's coming back and doing F9, right? It's Justin Lin. Yeah, I believe he does all, he's doing all, like they're saying the next three are the final ones. Uh, he's tapped to do all three of them. Thank God. I love him. Like, this had really good action scenes, but I think seven was better, um, as far as the action stuff. I did love, like, when I, they were, when they were out on the ice and stuff like that and fucking, you got Roman's Lamborghini spinning around on the ice and I was cracking the fuck up at that shit. Um, one of my favorite lines in this movie was was when The Rock's character of uh, Hobbs realizes that Dom 
is working for the enemy and he goes, I've seen that look before. Dom, Dominic Toretto has gone rogue. (laughs) 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 And I fucking, I, I, I laughed. Um, but, uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. I just think it's probably in the bottom as far as like, um, these movies go. I love what they did at the end. I knew what, what the big kind of like, you know, the reveal of that name at the end of the movie, I knew what it was going to be. And when it happened, even though I knew that that's what it was going to be, it still was kind of like an emotional kind of, you know, callback to the, to the original movies. This movie definitely was missing the presence of Paul Walker. And like, it was definitely felt in this movie. And like, there's even a point in the movie where, um, Letty is talking about how like, you know, they can't involve, Brian and me in this. And so it's like, man, even like, you know, the actor passed away, but like within the world, he's still alive. And just to even hear his name in the movie was like, like, uh, just like kind of like, a, it was just kind of sad that, that, that he's not a part of this anymore. Um, but, uh, it has me pumped next week for fucking F nine, Jake. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm super, super excited for F nine. I, I hear, and I don't know, I hear the rumor is that there's a, they revisit, um, you know, we get John Cena, who's going to be playing like the younger brother, half brother, I don't know, we'll find out, but of, of Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel's character. I hear that they revisit a scene from Fast and Furious 1, and I don't know if this is true or not, but oh, I, they, they revisit a scene from Fast and Furious 1, and it's like one of the racing scenes very early in the movie, and we get to see kind of like a young John Cena's reaction when he's a, uh, when he's younger reacting to like, you know, his brother winning these races, these street races and shit like that. Like, a so we're revisiting kind of like, you know, like when you're watching like Avengers Endgame and they go back to the battle of New York and you get to see all these other things happening. This is going to be like, we're going to get to see like the reaction of a, of, you know, John Cena's character while this is, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, Fuck, we watch that makes him. sense. You you kind of want to make make it like that character's been around all this time. Yeah, so kind of retcon what he was up to during the previous eight movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially when Dom's all about family, and it's like, okay, well, here's yeah, a right? you know, here's a character that you've never heard of before that's family. Are they? So, tra- you know, what what happened that that caused that rift between them and all that? I don't even think that this character would have been introduced had it not been for the death of Paul Walker. I feel like they're trying to replace yeah. that brother relationship because like these two were like you know, you know, brothers by another mother, you know, Paul, uh, you know, Brian and Dom. And now that Brian's not in the, in the franchise anymore, now that Paul Walker's not with us anymore, I feel like they're trying to bring in that brother thing again. Of course, in the next movie, they'll probably be working together, but man, you can't recreate, you you can't recreate what they had in those first seven, you know, those, 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 those movies that, especially the first one, you can't recreate the friendship and stuff that they fucking built upon in those, in those first few movies. For sure. I hope Cena ends up, I hope they avoid that trope and that Cena's character is a bad guy for the rest of the series. I I think that would be a lot more interesting. I I, I agree that it's probably going to be, they're all working together by the end of it, but I think it'd be more interesting that for whatever reason, this character can just never coexist with his brother anymore. With I, th- Dom. I think he was. Cre- I think he would- for the next two movies after this. Yeah, or at least villainess. Yeah, I think he was created by Snoke. 
So <laughs> that's my working theory. Joe, I see it. I can see it. Have you been sticking with your Fast and Furious weekly watch? Yep, yep. I watched I watched Fate of the Furious this week as well, and uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff that you said there. I don't think it was near as strong as the last three movies. Yeah. Um, in I'd categorize it more like four as well. And and it's kind of playing the same role that four did, you know, where three was such a, a drastic change from the first two. And so they really needed the movie for four to kind of reset the table and the pieces on it. And and that's really kind of what they're doing with eight here as well. And and you're right, man, we're really feeling that loss yeah. of Paul Walker in this. <clears throat> and um, I, I had read an article that the writers, this is still more or less a, a similar storyline that they were going to do. They were they were looking at making them all outlaws again for the eighth movie, you know, going forward. So it's hard to watch these, you know, especially having watched all of them in such a short amount of time, you know, for the first time. But it, it's hard to to watch all of them and imagine what the eighth one could have been like, you know, had we not lost Paul Walker. And, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, like all the other ones, it had great stunts and stuff, and it's just, I, I think the plot was a little bit lacking, and and for me, I think it was just for those two main reasons of, you know, they're, they're trying to make a plot and a, and a sequel here, but they're also trying to, to pivot. And, and then with that loss of Paul Walker, yeah, it's just, I think those things combined just, you know, it made an entertaining movie, and I really liked it, and, and it really, I felt like this movie had a it still had a good uh, emotional punch for me. Yes. At yes, the end, like yes. especially the you know the uh, kind of like the rooftop garden scene at the end and all that. Like it, it was, it was just fucking great, and 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 it tied in really well also with what Vin, what Dom was telling Cipher earlier in the movie when when she was criticizing him for not taking that Cuban dude's car, and he was like, "It's not my way. I, you know, I I I turn these people over to my side, you know, so that I have an ally in the future." And she kind of scoffs at that idea. And then I really liked how they worked into the plot that that was a, a key component of the plot line. And and it makes me really excited to see what sort of relationships all those characters are going to have in the next movies. Because, you know, even though we didn't have Paul Walker for this movie, I still really liked the team yeah. that they had going with this. And then, you know, even seeing that, that extra addition to the team that we get at the very end that you know i'll be a little bit i know this is an older movie but I, I still don't want to totally spoil it in case other people haven't seen it but it makes me very excited for what we could have yeah in, in fast nine in terms of a team and all that but um yeah i'm i'm super stoked for nine and um it'll probably drag me out of my house and go to the theater to go see it oh god um, yeah 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 I, it's gonna be fun um joe how did you feel when you saw tony josh show up in seven Oh my god, dude! I was so excited. I was like, "Are you shitting me?" But then it was almost a letdown to where I was watching this one, and I'm like, "All right, who are we gonna? Get? Yeah, who's gonna be our martial arts badass in this?" And it's like nobody. Yeah, can we get like, e- oh. can we get Eco Uways in this movie? I mean, oh, please, <laughs> dude. I was uh, I was hoping at the end. I, I was hoping that they'd cast the baby as that Vin Diesel baby. Have you ever seen that Vin Diesel baby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the Vin Diesel baby, type in, go to Google, type in newborn baby looking like Vin Diesel. And there's a, there's a baby that looks like Vin Diesel. He'll be the villain in Fast 10. <laughs> this is life one quarter juice box at a time. <laughs> Uh, this, you know, like this, this Fast and Furious watch for me has been pretty.
pretty awesome. It's been a lot of fun. These are just super fun movies. Um, yeah. you know, they, they've really like, uh, um, it's a, it's a, it, it's crazy cause it's a, it's a pretty tight story the way that they've f- fucking, they've done this. And, uh, it, it kind of like, it got me like really wanting to know more about the actor Paul Walker. Um, and I teased it last week that I was going to be watching I Am Paul Walker, which is the documentary that came out a few years ago. And it examines the life of the late actor Paul Walker. Um, who got a chance to watch this this week? I rented it off of Amazon. It's guys, you, it's five bucks. If you're a fan of these movies and if you want to know more about Paul Walker, uh, renting it on Amazon for five bucks, it's, 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 it's worth it. Um, it's I'm going to four bucks if you have prime four, yeah. four bucks nice. if you have prime. There you go. So I rented it on iTunes. It was also five bucks. Yeah. So everybody got a chance to watch this one. Yep. I do. You did, you yeah, did, it. you did too, Joe. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you guys die. I'm just going to say it's a Tupperware for me. I'll talk about it here, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. Joe being kind of like new into this fast and furious movies and stuff like that. You, you went down the same journey as me, dude, kind of like falling in love with his character of Brian. And then dude, I really felt I owed it to myself after like, I, it's crazy, man. I can't, I can't even put it into words. Like, even though he died like back in 2013, the movie came out in 2015. I'm experiencing this really for the first time, like last week watching all this kind of stuff. And it really made me want to like know more about the man, Paul Walker. And so that's why I wanted to watch this. I felt moved to watch this. Like I, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this, man. I really did. I felt moved by this character, by this franchise, I felt moved to watch this movie. I wanted to know more about this guy. And, um, I don't know. Did you go down this, like a similar experience, Joe? Yeah, I really did. Um, you know, watching all these fast movies for the first time in, in such a condensed period of time, you know, I was familiar with Paul Walker and a lot of his work, you know, I'd seen a lot of his earlier movies and, you know, I, I, I didn't dislike him as an actor. I didn't, you know, I, I, I was more or less ambivalent, you know, sure. and, yeah. but then after watching all these movies, it was like, yeah, he really grew on me. And then, and then when you, I think I maybe first saw it on like a post on Facebook and then saw it on your, your list here. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll definitely be checking this out. And, and you're right, dude, it was, it was a moving documentary. And, you know, I mean, it's, you get the combination of somebody tragically dying, you know, way too young, way before their time. And, you know, just on top of it, all that, you know, all the content of his that I've seen in such a short period of time. And I, I held up very good throughout the whole thing. And then when his younger brother that was, you know, pretty much born when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, and all the family footage they had of, of him with his family and he was so tight with them and everything. And when his brother was relating the story of how the news broke to him, that was when like I like it was. Mm-hmm hard crying <laughs> like is i just couldn't help it it was just a waterfall you know and i mean that that was you know the that last 15 minutes of, of the documentary when they really got into discussing his death that was where it really tore me up um yeah. I, I thought it was i tupperware this as well it was great i i really liked hearing all the stuff 
about you know I didn't know that he started out as as a child actor and kind of worked his his whole life doing that and it wasn't necessarily what he wanted to do but like that was his skill set and and in really finding out that he was in real life a, a, a lot more like I mean they they kind of talk about he's not like the Brian character but in a way he kind of is too like that he, he had you know he was into all sorts of these activities that are are, are kind of thrill seeking activities you know like surfing and 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 doing the stuff where he's swimming with sharks and then and then getting yeah. into learning racing and and you know kind of being being that that one that would stick up for his friends and and didn't lose many fights and stuff when he was a kid because I mean you see you see Paul Walker and you think oh this is just that Hollywood heartthrob guy you know with the excellent bone structure and the perfect teeth <laughs> you know but really it's that's what Hollywood saw that's what Hollywood that, saw exactly. Joe that's and that's fun and there was so much more to him than yeah that. And, yeah and that's what I loved that this documentary did was that. I only knew Paul Walker through the characters that he portrayed, mm-hmm. which in, in a lot of the movies I saw him, he's doing a damn good job of doing that. But I love that this that this documentary showed me who Paul Walker really was. Yeah, and and beyond that, it was like no lie, like when he was talking about like his legacy property that he bought, and it was just showing him like you know spinning around on that ATV and yeah. he was laughing because he almost tipped it, and then he was like shooting an SKS like off the fender of his four wheeler and stuff. It's like, dude, you give me $10 million and that's the property that I'm going to own. <laughs> and so when I was seeing him doing that, I was just like, Oh yeah, my soul brother. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I would, when I watched, we, we would have so much fun hanging out together. That's dude. when I watched this, I I'm not even joking. I, when I watched this, I was like, Oh my God, Paul Walker and Joe Stark would be the best of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. That thought came through my head. Reference something about, well, then I got into rock climbing and it's like, well, that'd be right up your <laughs> fucking alley, dude. And then he never really mentioned much of, uh, I could just see him being like, yeah, me and my friends went bouldering and, you know, in Joshua Tree all weekend. It's like, I bet you did. You had a guy here that was like, literally like, and I'm, I'm saying this, like he's, he was just so, such a good looking, striking guy that Hollywood could not resist putting him in movies. And that's not what he wanted to do with his life, but that's what paid the bills. And that's what was able to like, help him do other things for like his family he had uh just had a newborn baby um and he wanted to take care of his family i mean he starts he starts you know going on these uh expeditions with this guy and they're pulling sharks out of the water and they're putting like these trackers on sharks and they're watching the habits of these sharks he's telling this guy that he wants to fucking become a marine biologist and this guy is like dude listen that's not the route to go. You need to, you can make such a bigger impact doing what you're doing in Hollywood and making what we're doing out here visible to the public. And I was just blown away by Paul Walker as far as like, uh, not only just his, um, kind of like, uh, passions. I loved, I loved finding out what his passions in life were. You know, he loved, uh, surfing. He loved, like, you know, they showed him in the dune buggy. He loved racing. He loved cars. He loved all this stuff. And he would get done with a movie. And then after that, man, he was off the grid and he was doing, he was living life and doing shit that he loved to do, man. He wasn't, and you know, he'd show up late for filming movies sometimes because he was out and he had to get away. He would turn off the fucking cell phone, the electronics and go out do what he wanted to do another thing i loved about this movie is the fact that they brought up my 
own like my I had exposure to Paul Walker in Pleasantville. I thought he was really good in Pleasantville. But a, a movie I love to this day, I own it on DVD. I need to get it on Blu-ray, but I own it on DVD. Uh, I thought it was his best performance ever, and I still think it is, is the movie Running Scared. And they talk about Running Scared in this movie and like how what a great performance he puts on in that movie. And you can go back, and I think there's past episodes where I've talked about Paul Walker. Um, I think it's actually the episode, Jake, where we talk about his death. And we're, go- I'm go- we're going back eight years in Pop Culture Leftovers. And I bring up Running Scared and, like, what a great movie that was and he, what a great performance he had in that movie. And I'm not even joking, man. He is fucking phenomenal in Running Scared. I think that's going to be, like, my next rabbit hole is going back and revisiting Running Scared. Maybe I, I've never seen Hours. That's another movie they talked about in this documentary. I've never seen Hours. I thought it was also interesting that his his grandfather had fought in... World War Two, and it was he wanted to. He never was in the service. His father was in service, was in Vietnam, and he never was in the service. None of the other sons were in the service. So what he did was he wanted to be in a, a World War Two movie, and he was in Flags of Our Fathers, and he took base pay as an actor to be in Flags of Our Fathers just to kind of carry on that legacy of his family. And I was like, oh my god, this guy, this guy. He lived every bit of his life. Like, I know he he died at 40, but he filled 40 years with so much life, and so many people were affected by what he did. Um, just hearing, like, Tyrese talk about how nobody was giving him opportunities in Hollywood. He'd basically been blacklisted, and... It was Paul Walker basically saying, we're bringing him back into the Fast and Furious franchise that got him back in movies. And Tyrese was the only guy that was involved in this documentary. And guess you could make the joke, Jake, that he had nothing else to do, but... <laughs> I wasn't going to make that joke, but I, yeah, you could, you could make it. But I thought that it was really touching that he was the only cast member from those movies that actually fucking showed up to do this documentary. Maybe everybody else was busy. And I'm not saying that he didn't have the impact on their lives that, you know, I, I still think that he did. Maybe they were all busy, but it was nice seeing Tyrese in there. And this guy was, this was fucking, this was a, the highest of Tupperwares for me. Highest of Tupperwares. I'm, um, I gotta watch that I Am Heath Ledger documentary as well. That's one I want to watch next. Jake, what did you think about this, man? Yeah, I, I love this. This was also a Tupperware for me. I, Real quick question: Is the I Am series is it all the same filmmaker? Because that would make me want to watch other ones of these. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I was actually thinking about that when I was talking about the I Am Heath Ledger. I know there's I Am Heath Ledger. There's I Am Chris Farley. I know there's maybe one or two more. But uh, yeah. yeah, this was great though. I, I mean, I just didn't know a lot of this stuff. I found it really fascinating that um, the work he did for charity in uh, in Haiti with you know helping the kids after natural disasters and not uh, wanting the publicity yes that's what i was getting to and how intent he was of 
it not being like an Instagram story or all over social media. Like he, he wanted to do this and even his own charity, like the people directing his video were like telling him like, Hey, you know, you're not really making it known that you're the one who was funding all this. And he, he refused to do so. He didn't want to make it seem like it was like he was carrying all this on his shoulders. He wanted everyone that donated to feel like, you know, they were a part of it and they, you know, everyone was on the same ground and, yeah, it, it really painted him to be a, a really cool guy when it came to, like, you know, community support and family and, and just charity and all that kind of stuff. I, I was also blown away thinking about Paul Walker being Superman in a movie. Yeah. I yep. never heard of. I, I had no idea that, that he was someone in the running for that. And uh, I think that would have been pretty good. He turned it he, down. He was in the running for the Brandon Routh one, right? Yeah, that sounds right. He turned it down. Yeah. I, I guess if it was that one, he, he made the right choice. <laughs> hmm Yeah. So, but yeah, this, this was a, this was a great watch. It was like about an hour and a half. And, um, yeah, I, I was never, I was never bored. And I mean, I was quite moved at, at many a part of this. The, the last 15 minutes kind of deals with his death and mm. the family finding out and the details behind that. And I'd kind of ignored that story when it happened because it was just so sad. And it was the first time I'd kind of like realized that, oh, God. you know, they had to pull his buddy away from the flaming car. So his buddy didn't end up hurting himself, you know, trying to get in there and save him. Yeah. Like he was like covered in soot when he yeah. was relating what happened to, you know, the other family members. And that, that, I thought that was just really sad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tyrese kind of, like, laid out what happened. And I don't even want to repeat it. No, no, not at all. I thought it was really cool that Tyrese and Michelle Rodriguez and um, Vin Diesel all were there, like, in his family's house for his funeral and all that kind of stuff. And they were so supportive with his family and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Neil, what would you think, man? Yeah, I mean, everybody's said a lot of the stuff that I was thinking. Um, it's definitely a Tupperware. Uh, this guy was... He was a pretty unique person in the whole Hollywood scene, it seems like. Uh, I, re- I really appreciate the fact that, he, you know, he just wanted to live his life, and, and the acting thing was a means to an end because of his genetics. Yeah, and but but he was also trying to once he decided to go down that path, he he was trying to uh, hone his skills constantly. Like that was brought up multiple times by his agent and by uh, Rob Cohen, who developed the character of Brian O'Connell for him. Oh, I loved Rob in this. In this, yeah. Rob was great. And there was also that story of uh, you know a fan came up to him asking for for an autograph. And they didn't have anything to for him to sign, so he pulled a dollar out of his own goddamn pocket and signed it and gave it to him. Yeah, and like like that, that like that little moment illustrates the kind of person that he was, and like <laughs> it's it's fucking amazing. And you know, as you said, the, the the Haiti stuff that that was incredible. How under the radar that was for him to be able to use his clout in a positive way without attract like without attention seeking about it yeah you know, like using that his his privilege and his power in a positive way to help people without it, it reflecting on him that, that, that's 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 high quality character right there and you can tell by the way that tyrese was describing him 
you know, like near the end, he had an early description when they were talking about partying during Too Fast, Too Furious, and <laughs> it was a little different. But yeah. near the end, when Tyrese was actually describing him as a human, it, 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 it I mean, I cried multiple times throughout this. Yeah. It was very moving. Um, I didn't know a lot of this stuff, and it was it was really really well done, and. Just seeing like his family talk about him and the people who knew him really, really well talk about him and how much love. His brother that, idolized him. His younger yeah. brother idolized mm-hmm. him. Cody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I, I highly recommend watching this if you have any interest in, in Paul Walker. Yeah. It, it's worth watching. It, it's very, very well done. Guy, he totally left his mark on the world he left his mark on everybody that ever came in contact with him just an amazing human being and taken from us way too early it's 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 really i loved how they compared him to steve mcqueen yeah i can see i can i can totally see it man this is a guy that started like doing his own stunts and like and they even said like you know just like steve mcqueen like paul walker the older he got like the you know the the better looking he got (laughs) which is which is infuriating to to me but (laughs) son of a bitch I thought it was hilarious that, um, he, like, every Fast movie, he was always like, this is the last one. This is the last one I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. But they always knew one he was One last do job. It. Yeah. Have you guys, have, have, have any of you seen Running Scared? No. I have not. Watch. Is the corrupt cop? Watch it. You'll love it. You'll, it's so. I want to see it now after watching this this documentary. Pick it up on Just Watch and see where I can watch it for free. Well, <laughs> if you can't find it anywhere, Jake, I'll fucking loan you the DVD. Okay, okay. <laughs> or I'll just have Lloyd Kachinka send you one in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lloyd. What a cool dude. Thank you so much for that, man. I love our listeners, man. Um, let's move on. I I want to talk. I saw um. The hitman's wife's bodyguard came out in theaters, and I, Neil, I thought I had seen the hitman's body. Uh, excuse me, the hitman's bodyguard. I started watching it in preparation for this, and I was like, I have never seen this movie. And so, <laughs> I saw that in the theater. Really? Yeah, I saw the hitman's yeah. bodyguard. I liked it. Um, yeah. I, I I will give it a, a solid taste. It. Yeah. And then I went and saw the hitman's wife's bodyguard in the theater, which is the follow-up. And this is the perfect example of a sequel where you've like, you've gotten to know these characters in the first movie. And then the second movie, they can just really let loose and have fun because they've built up some chemistry. And, um, you've got, uh, yeah, here's the synopsis. The bodyguard Michael Bryce continues his friendship with assassin Darius Kincaid as they try to save Darius's wife, Sonia. Uh, and it stars, uh, Ryan Reynolds as Michael Bryce, Samuel Jackson as Darius Kincaid, the assassin, and then Darius' wife, uh, Darius' wife's so- Sonia is played by Salma Hayek. She was in the first movie, but in this movie, she really has a lot more, uh, screen time. Um, Frank Grillo's also in this one. Antonio Banderas is in this one. And then Morgan Freeman joins the cast. Shit. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Patrick Hughes. I absolutely adored the second movie. I thought it was so much fun. I'm going to give it the highest of taste-its. This was a lot of fun. I'm not going to get into it too much. 
I just will tell people that if you watch The Hitman's Bodyguard and you loved that movie, you are really going to love the sequel. I mean, and I think like standout performances are definitely everybody that are in the main cast. Like Ryan Reynolds is great. Samuel Jackson's great. And then I think this chemistry, um, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, you got Selma Hayek coming in here and dude, she adds another layer to like the whole chemistry of this man. She is so fucking good and funny in this. And what's, what's great about this is the, it's like, um, they have this amazing blend of like action and comedy. And like sometimes when you get these action comedy movies, you know, you're just like, okay, could you just lean one way? Could you just give me, could you just give me action or just give me a comedy? They don't blend that well together. And like you, but every once in a while you get like a Beverly Hills cop, you know what I mean? That does everything perfectly. And I think that they found the right fucking mix here, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, and then there's twists. I mean, uh, and Antonio Banderas is an over the top villain. Frank Grillo is actually, he's like, I don't know, he's over the top, but he's fun when he does show up in the movie. I really like this one. Highest, the highest of taste it's for the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. I, I really did like the first one when I saw it in the theater. It mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was, I went in expecting it to be just kind of a, you know, a fluffy action comedy movie. And it, it was, and it was, it was exactly what I was expecting. And it worked. Uh, the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson is great. And then Sama Hayek, even though she was in it sparingly, was also just a fun little injection. So it's nice to hear that she's more substantial, substantial in this one. And that, that chemistry is still there. And yeah. Is accentuated. There's a scene in the first one. I think it's, it's Ryan Reynolds and he's being annoyed by, um, Samuel Jackson singing a song, so he starts singing. Does he start singing? I saw the sign. <laughs> I saw the sign. <laughs> and they bring it back in this movie so masterfully. There's like a there's like a, there's a fight scene where Ryan Reynolds is slamming one of these like henchmen, slamming their head inside of a jukebox, and every time he does it. Like the song changes on the jukebox and it gets, it finally gets to, I saw the sign and he's like, okay, I like this song or something. And he walks away and I was like, oh my God, I just love those little tiny details that they put in these movies, like going back to the first film. And it's funny, man, like Ryan Reynolds this time around, he's like, you know, he's seeing a therapist after he's lost his license to be a bodyguard. And, and, uh, the therapist is like, no bodyguarding, no violence, all this stuff. So he tries to get away, you know, to Portofino and, 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 and go on vacation and then he's just dragged back into this whole mess <laughs> with with you know Salma Hayek's character of Sonia shows up and she basically says that Darius Kincaid's been kidnapped and they need to get him out and everything and just man hilarity and action ensue it is fun i had a blast with uh, with this movie i i highly recommend it if you like the first one go see this one in the theater if you feel comfortable going back to the theater i'm going back to the theater guys i'll be honest with you still wearing a mask and it's not because i'm worried about getting covid because i have been fully vaccinated i'm just wearing the mask because i don't want to get a fucking cold 
yeah, I'd be doing the same. Unless I'm shoving yeah. some popcorn in my face, I, I mask up. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also courteous to wear the mask. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. You put people at ease. Yeah, that's part of it. Is is you don't want people freaking out about it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll continue to wear it at the theater and in public places. Um, just because I, man, I haven't gotten a, I haven't gotten the cold or the flu or anything. So yeah, nice. Yeah. A year, a year plus without the sniffles has been fantastic. It's been great. Right. Uh, Only only sniffles I got are from fucking allergies. Oh yeah. (laughs) Same. Yeah. God, fuck allergies. I bought, I bought two fucking air purifiers though. And it seriously helps. It's, and I bought them just for my cats because when my cats sneeze and now that they're older, I start to like worry about them. And so I bought two air purifiers. Man, you can connect these fucking things to Wi-Fi. You can turn up. (laughs) It's crazy. I can check the quality of the air on the app. It's nuts what they're fucking doing, man. Like I can turn these things off and on remotely when I'm, if I forgot to turn it on or off or whatever, I can turn it off and on remotely from the app because it's all connected to the Wi-Fi here in my home. You have to send me the links on what you got. Yeah, I was dude, my, my my long haired white cat. He sheds so bad mm-hmm. that yeah, <laughs> like I could use an air purifier too. I, if if I'll I'll send you I'll send you what I got, and then there's a website called Woot W O O T Woot dot com, and they have refurbished items. And don't let refurbished items scare you. Refurbished items mean that if there was an error or something with whatever product they're selling, it's gone through um, service technicians that have corrected the problem. And a lot of times refurbished means that somebody bought it. They didn't like the color. They didn't like it. And they just sent it back and it works completely fine. And you're getting it for a discount. And so woot.com sells a lot of refurbished shit and they sell these at like half price. And I bought this over the Dyson because the Dyson, the filters are fucking insanely expensive. The filters for this are like half the price of a Dyson filter. So Ah, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, went to the, the um, <laughs> our listeners are like, dude, shut the fuck up talking about, <laughs> <laughs> talking about air purifiers. All right. If you have fucking allergies, man, these things fucking help in your home. Four out of four people on this podcast just complained about that, about allergies. <laughs> yeah. So if you're bitching about the air purifier stuff, it means you don't have allergies and, you know. Fuck you. Don't yeah, worry. It's a level of privilege. That- <laughs> I bet you, I bet you fucking Randy's out after this episode, Jake. <laughs> Randy's like, I'm not one of your people anymore. Fuck off. Yeah. I, I've never had a sniffle once. Yeah. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a one star review from Randy Orton next week. Here we go. <laughs> I love pollen. Fuck you <laughs> my father was a honeybee <laughs> uh, jake i went to the the jake i went to the theater i watched the sparks brothers documentary nice i'm super excited to hear how that was I, i'm gonna see it next week at some point i i'm very excited filmmaker edgar wright explores how one rock band can be successful underrated hugely influential and criminally overlooked all at the same time a musical odyssey exploring five Weird and wonderful decades with brothers Ron and Russell Mail celebrating the inspiring legacy of Sparks, your favorite band's favorite band, featuring commentary from celebrity fans Flea, uh, Jane Weedlin, Beck, Jack Antonoff, Jason Schwartzman, Neil Gaiman, and more. 
And uh, Jake, I'll be honest with you, man. I was not familiar with the Sparks Brothers. I've seen Ron in certain things like watch growing up watching MTV. I've seen Ron and I've seen uh, but I've never like listened to their music. And all I knew about this was that it was directed by Edgar Wright. It was a documentary. And I was just like, man, you know what? This might open my eyes to like, uh, some new music, this band. They got a documentary. What's, what's going on with this? And, and I, what I liked about this is, was like, it was like, it was kind of like marketed as like your favorite band's favorite band. So like these guys were like on the cusp of like stardom, just never made it, but like they've left such an impact, uh, on other bands that like have like mad respect for these guys. So I was like, I have to watch this thing. And I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I know, knowing nothing about these guys, they're, they're super mysterious anyway. And the documentary talks about that, but knowing nothing about these guys, nothing about their music. This is an incredible documentary. Um, uh, they also have interviews with, uh, Edgar Wright. And he talks about like when he got into the band, uh, got into the group and, uh, Man, it, it really goes over all the different decades where they started from. Um, you know, they had an, uh, they, they, they had a, I think their first name for the band was Half Nelson. And then they, then they turned into, they wanted to be called, like, they want, they wanted them to change their name to the Sparks Brothers and they settled on Sparks. And, uh, it goes into all their different music and how these guys were basically like, challenging themselves and not conforming to like what fans wanted their next album to be. Cause like when you have a band, um, come out and they've got like a certain sound, your listeners love that sound. And then they, the next album, they want a little bit more of that. These guys were just like, fuck that. Let's move on to something completely different. So they were alienating all their fans with their next album. And I just was blown away by the, and, but that's what kept these guys together. Not only the fact that they're brothers, but the fact that they were fucking on the same page and that they weren't doing the same bullshit, weren't churning out the same bullshit. They were always challenging themselves and like coming out with like different, um, ex- very experimental music, man, with a humor too. A lot of it's got very humorous, man. And, and, um, mm-hmm. I, dude, I really, really love this. And it was the, it was the drive home. And then like the next day I'm listening to their, their music on Spotify. And I'm just like, I cannot believe that I haven't had these guys in my life. Trust me. Trust me. You don't have to know anything about these guys. The sparks. You have to, you don't have to know anything about all you have to know is that you're in for a really interesting informative and fun documentary about the sparks brothers i'm telling you it's really fucking good it's really fucking good i give it the highest of tupperwares i loved this documentary i thought it was really good i'm into the music now too and like that's what i loved about this too even in the documentary Oh, Pat, Patton Oswalt is in this as well. Mike Myers is in this as well. They've got comedians too. But even in the documentary, they're like, you know, uh, if you've never heard of it, it's like, it doesn't matter which decade you found out about the Sparks or whatever. Like, you shouldn't be shamed that you're now a fan. It's just that you found them. Now that you found them, now you can be a fan. We, we accept you. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. I love that no message. No gatekeeping. No gatekeeping. Absolutely, man. Not, not this bullshit of Did like, they- I've been there for day one. You know, you're not a true fan, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're not an OG Sparks Brothers fan. Right, right. 
did they get David Byrne in there at all? He's he's actually my Talking Heads fandom in the mid '90s is actually what led me to the Sparks Brothers. I think they did, Jake. Don't quote me on that. There were so many different people talking about these guys. They they talked to you know Jane Wheedland of the Go Go's, and like she was talking about how she dated um, Russell. Oh wow! For a short period of time, so. You'll love this, That's Jake. Cool. If you're a yeah, fan, you'll love this. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I, I, Bex always kind of um, cited them as a big influence. And you can see it. Oh, God. Now that I hear them, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, it's it's no doubt. Like, you you can see the influence. No, it's you not. It's not. It. It's not no doubt with Gwen Stefani. But I agree with everything else you said. <laughs> I don't see much influence <laughs> from uh, what Gwen Stefani did. She kind of did found her sound and stuck with it forever. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to see this. I'm thinking Tuesday I'm going to be able to sneak out and uh, and catch a show into this. I want to do it soon because I have a feeling mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those movies that's yes. – I'll be lucky if it's in the theater uh-huh. or two. I was – I'll be honest. With you, I went and there's a ton of cars in the parking lot and there was one other person in the theater with me, Jake. So catch this one while you can because it's going to be out of theater soon. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I know, even without seeing it, I know I'm going to love it. I know I'm going to own this movie and, and probably watch it half a dozen times when it becomes available on VOD. I, I can't wait. This is kind of an event movie for me this year. Dude, you're going to love it. Um, Neil, Joe, are you guys familiar with these guys? Nope. I am not. I'm going to have to check out this documentary. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Then you'll be like... You'll be like me singing the praises of this band you've never fucking heard before, and you're going to look like a fucking poser and shit. I'm a bit shocked Neil hasn't heard of them. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a... Like, the the artists you cited, that's not really what I delve deeply into, but uh, it's not because I don't like it. It's just it's not my wheelhouse, generally. Um, but yeah, th- it does sound like a really interesting documentary, and I, I actually will try and check this out when I have, you know, an hour or two to check it out. Yeah, oh, it's it's about two hours and 15 minutes long, um, but okay. it's it, it flew by for me, and I enjoyed it, man. They talk about, like, their international success, Jake, and they talk about, like, how fleeting it is. And then they talk about, like, the time period that they had off for six years where they were basically, like, living off of fumes. And I'm t- what I'm saying is, like, they these guys weren't doing they, – they weren't spending their money on drugs. They, they fucking had saved up for a rainy day. And so from, like, 1988 to 1994, these guys were just writing and fucking writing their new album. And then that new album came out, and it was a huge success for them and, like – uh, you know, they, they were able to live off that for a while. Man, these guys are super inspirational to me that they, they fucking, they had their vision. They had like, they had their own fucking, they, they didn't bend to like what they wanted, like what the fans expected out of them. They wanted to push themselves. And if people loved what they were doing, then they could come along from the ride. And if the old fans didn't like the new shit that they were doing, then whatever, man. It's, that's, that's, they, they, of course they I think they wanted a little bit of more notoriety and, and 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 I guess respect in the music world but they weren't willing to bend in order to get it man and that's it's really fucking good it's a really fucking good documentary and it's funny as well cuz you got dude at the beginning of the documentary man um like they start you know posting like you know a documentary film and like you you actually hear them um 
this is the documentary fanfare. And then, and then, like, you see the, the directed by Edgar Wright show up on the screen. It's like, directed by Edgar Wright fanfare. And I was like, uh, <laughs> it was super funny, even from the beginning, man. So, yeah. You'll, you'll, I kind of expected no less from Edgar Wright. I, he seems like the perfect person to uh, be the person to present this to us. Yeah, yeah. And he shows up in here, and it's really good. Record of Ragnarok. Uh, this is an anime that showed up on Netflix this week. Every 1,000 years, the God's Council assembled to decide the fate of humanity. After 7 million years of human history, the gods come to the decision that humans are irredeemable and must be extinct. So, uh, you've, but then you've got, uh, the Valkyrie who shows up and says, instead of just decimating, uh, the earth and humans, let's, let's have Ragnarok, which is in this world a, uh, a battle of humans versus gods, best of seven. And, uh, if the humans win, then you get to survive. If they don't, then they fucking get decimated. And, um, I watched the first two episodes. I think he, I mean, Jake, I'll be honest with you, man. Like the first episode is just all set up. You don't even fucking see a fight. Yeah. I watched the first two as well. Yeah. And, uh, here's the thing, man. After two, I'm, I'm out. Yes. I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, like, dude, I, I, the, you know, the concept, it's simple. It's Mortal Kombat, right? It's more. It's yeah. it, <laughs> even in Mortal Kombat, it's like every thousand years that they fucking you know. But this is the first tournament between humans and and gods, and and in the first tournament, you've got Thor battling. Uh, uh, Lu, is it is it Bulu or Lubu? I can't remember. Uh, I forget his name. Lubu. What was it, yeah, Joe? I think, I think so. I think it was Lubu. Yeah, Lubu. Sit, uh, he was the <laughs> good dog. <laughs> he was the strongest human ever. Yeah, and so they're fighting each other and shit. And I mean, I don't know. I guess there's a different way to do this, man. It just seems it feels really draw drug out. Like <laughs> yes, like dude, we're watching the fight start and shit, and then they'll pause, and then we'll get the backstory on Thor and like what he did to fucking you know rescue and save the Asgardians from imminent destruction. And then we'll get a flashback of like Lubu's past. Like the battle will go on a little bit more and then we'll get Lubu's past. Two episodes in, I still haven't seen like who's gonna win this fucking fight. And I'm just kinda like, fuck this shit. Um I'm out, man. I'm out. There's so many my my note is it's as if J.R.R. Tolkien wrote an anime tournament cartoon, you know? It's like <laughs> just show them I the premise is cool. I yeah. want to see these gods fight these humans. I want to see this tournament. Show me a fucking bracket. I'm excited about this concept. And it's like two episodes in, and we haven't even really seen much of the fight yet. It's it's almost frustrating. I, I think I'm out, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many good anime out there to waste your time with one that wants to spin its wheels for two episodes straight without giving you kind of the goods that are promised. Yeah, yeah. Who else watched any of this? Yeah, I did. And kudos to you guys for making it all the way through episode two because I made it maybe five minutes into episode two and I noped out. Yeah, well, like this this is terrible. On you were the levels. smart. Man. Kudos to you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I thought like in episode one, like okay, this is all lead up to the fight. I do want to see this fucking fight. Mm-hmm. And then all of yeah, a sudden, like it we, ends, it's like okay, I have to watch episode two. Yeah, and it's like once you get to episode two, they're like, ah, no, let's. Here's a flashback scene. 
It's like there's other way. I, there's got to be another way to fucking do this. I don't know. Even the fight they show you was boring. It's like, oh, they're just walking towards each other. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. That is very Tolkien. <laughs> that's literally what happens. I think that's an exact line from the cartoon. Yeah. They put their weapons down and they're just advancing towards each other. Wow, this is a show of respect. It's like it's like we're fucking like watching like MMA commentators. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. That, yeah, I, I, I think like this premise is a great premise for for an anime. Yeah, yeah. gods versus humans. If the you know if the humans can pull this off, they get to live for another thousand years. Like I was kind of on paper, I'm like, oh, this sounds sweet. You know, I'm kind of rubbing my hands together. But but yeah, they everything that's promised is kind of taken away, and it's more about the scheming that's going on behind the scenes of the tournament. It seems like. I would be willing to guess that this tournament never actually ends. That's that's not really the point of what's going on in this in this cartoon. Dude, what is up with Aphrodite's tits? <laughs> oh my gosh, right? And whenever she sits, it's like she has a statue that holds her tits. Dude, 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 dude. There's the part where fucking There's the part where Thor uses his hammer and we see like this big explosion and shit and her tits get flown up into her face and she can't see over them. <laughs> I did classic, see classic Tolkien there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that cave troll with the sweet rack? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I toss this because it has such great premise and it just does not deliver. And it doesn't matter how many people tell me it gets better. I'm not going back to it. All right, that's just. Yeah, I wrote low tasted now, but I, I, I think I pushed out there. I, I think I will refer to a toss it. <laughs> yeah, this was a total toss it to me. Um, I liked the character design on some of the on some of the like Odin looked really cool, and you know, so some of the artwork in this was good, but ugh, not redeeming enough for for even a low taste it. This is an absolute toss-it. Odin's hair looked kind of like uh, one of those show dogs that you'd see at the Westminster Kennel Club. <laughs> <You're> correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, real quick, I wa- two things that I watched this week. I want to th- I want to thank again Robert Pangburn for sending me the DVD of Pump Up the Volume. I watched Christian Slater's Pump Up the Volume probably for the first time in nearly 30 years this week on DVD. And oh God, I wanted to start a pirate radio station so bad when I was a teenager. Me too. Me too. Which is why we're doing this fucking podcast. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Man, I love that movie so much. And then I also have you guys. So thank you, Robert. That's fucking awesome, man. It was. It, it, it still holds up. It's a lot of fun. Christian Slater's super cool in that fucking movie, and it's a really fun movie. Also, have you ever guys seen Casey Zemesco in Three O'clock High? No. Uh-uh, I've never even heard of that. Oh my god, it's such a fun movie. It's one of those 80s movies that like, you know, you've got the big ones like Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and, you know, uh, 16 Candles. This is one that like, soup, uh, uh, say anything. This is one that gets forgotten and it's, it's three o'clock high, Casey's a mesco and he pisses off the new bully in school and the whole movie this bully is saying at three o'clock, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And the whole movie is him trying to get out of this fight. And it all leads up to the fight at the end of the movie. It is so much fun. You can watch it on Amazon prime. It's Tupperware for me. I love three o'clock high. 
If you've ne- seriously, if you want to fucking go back, this is one of those movies that's escaped a lot of people. And so if you want to go back into like a time capsule of like these 80s movies, this is one that I would highly recommend watching. Three o'clock high. And the bully is so perfect in this role. He was the villain in Kindergarten Cop. And he, oh my God, you guys watch three o'clock high. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Are you guys Googling it or something or what? What are you doing? No, 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 no. <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just, you just, you're just, you're just, I was reminiscing about being three o'clock high and not thinking about the movie. <laughs> you guys are just glossing over everything I say. I was thinking about how when he was the villain in Kindergarten Cop, he had a sweet ponytail. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got some sweet hair in this movie, too. <laughs> I bet if it's an 80s movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> who watched Who watched Physical on Apple TV Plus? I did. I, I did. Who watched all three episodes that they dropped? I did. I, I did. watched the first one. I did as well. Oh, you got under... Ooh, Neil with two. Me and Jake are the overachievers on this one. Jake, I'm gonna give a- I'm gonna give you a Tupperware, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> they were a half an hour long. There really wasn't much on the list that was too long this week, and so I figured, fuck it. And I ran out of time. <laughs> from the director of I Tanya comes a dark comedy centered on Sheila Rubin, a quietly tormented '80s housewife battling extreme personal demons and a critical inner voice, but things change when she discovers aerobics, sparking a journey of toward empowerment and success. It stars Rose Byrne as our main character of Sheila Rubin, uh, and then we've got uh, a bunch of other people in the in the show too. I'm not going to go through the fucking names. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, show starts off with, uh, Rose Byrne, like, in a bathroom, and her, and we find out that the guy that's talking to her is her husband, and he's trying to get her to basically, like, hook up with this young girl. He's a professor, and he's trying to get her to hook up with this young girl and basically get into, like, a threesome situation. And, uh, it's really creepy. It's really fucking yeah. creepy. And, um, it's 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 predatory, like what they're doing to this young girl, and it's yes. super fucked up. So I'll be I'll be honest with you, like I'm three episodes in on this one. I'm really enjoying the show, to be quite honest with you. I, I think it's really good, but it's hard to root for anybody because mm-hmm. I think I think they're all shit stains, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I I do. There, she's got this inner monologue that you can hear throughout the the episodes where she's super self deprecating. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I can relate to that. Like oh, yeah. big time. Like that monologue is great. It is great, man. And it's like as I'm watching this, I'm like, am I the only one that kind of thinks a lot of these things? Because like nope, this is really, <laughs> yeah. Like like you've got her. You know, she's like, okay, I'm gonna go to ballet class. I'm gonna eat these foods. I'm gonna eat right. And then like, of course, like she fucking skips ballet class. She 
goes to a fast food place, gets all this food, and the whole time she's beating herself up about this, like that like she look that she's a terrible person, that she's 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 getting older, she's she doesn't look good, all this shit. But then she's also fucking throwing insults at everybody that she comes into contact with, which is fucked up. And you know, you'll do that in your head sometimes, but I think she goes a little far with like some of the yeah. things that yeah, like you know, with some of the things that she's thinking in her head. And like, there's, there's like this, one of the things that I want to point out is like, there's this tanning business. It's going, it's, it's a tanning salon. It's going out of business. And the guy is just trying to get rid of these tanning beds. Cause he's, you know, going out of business. He just wants to sell them. And he says, you wouldn't be interested in, you know, wanting it. You wouldn't want a tanning bed, would you? And her mind instantly, and I'm, I'm just like this. Her mind goes to, this guy is implying that you're pale and gross. And that's not what he's doing. I don't think that what this guy is doing. He just, no. he has to sell these tanning beds, but like, she's so self-deprecating. And I, I am this way that somebody will say something that they meant innocent, but I'll take it in like the worst possible way. And then it'll just fucking sit in my head and like, it, it'll be something that'll stick with me and bother me and have me just talking down to myself and constantly shaming myself. And she constantly shames herself in these episodes. She goes to the market. She sees fruits and vegetables. And um, she's like, that's why you're here. That's, wh that's why you skip dance class. You're here to get this. And the next thing you know, she fucking buys that honey. And we see her in the car just shoving fucking honey in her face. Dude, I fucking, I've not, like, not to the extreme, but I've done shit like that where it's like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to eat that. Next thing you know, I'm fucking eating an entire rotisserie chicken in my car before I can take it home. Like, these, are, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Like, I've been there and I feel terrible after I've done these things. And she's just got a lot of going on in her life. She's got a husband that she puts first, which she should be putting a little bit more of herself first. And she's pushing his dreams forward. She's got her own dreams that she's putting on the back burner. But then on the flip side, she's such a shitty person to like a lot of people that she comes into contact that I'm like, I don't really want her to have good things in her life. <laughs> Fuck her. But I want, I want, dude, I want this to be like, uh, I want this to, I want there to be a change in the character. We find out that, you know, you find out she's bulimic, man. There's a scene of her going to, you know, the, the fast food restaurant, getting the food. Hotel. And then, and then she goes to a, yeah, she goes to a fucking motel, bro. And she's, she just gets naked, sits all the food out in front of her and just starts eating. And then she's bulimic and she starts to puke up the food. Man, this is just a lot of fucking hidden secrets in her life. And, but she does, she gets obsessed with this, um, this aerobics class that she's going to. And, um, Jake, I couldn't stop watching it though. As fucked up as it is, and as fu it's like a fucking car wreck, man. You can't look away, and I could not stop watching this show. Um, I, fuck it, man. I'm gonna give Rose Byrne her performance a Tupperware. I'm gonna give the show a Tupperware. I'm, I'm gonna. I think this is filling the void for me of that. Uh, um, what's that show with? Uh, oh, what's her name? From fucking, she was the Mary Jane in the Sam Raimi movies. Oh, um, fucking A. Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. She was in that fucking Florida show. Oh, God. Yeah. What was it called? 
on becoming a god in Central Florida. I feel like it's not exactly the same thing, but I feel like this is fill, filling in that on becoming a god in Central Florida show that I loved on Showtime. This is kind of filling that void of like a woman uh trying to get what she feels is like hers. She's trying to get money. She's trying to move herself forward and she's doing any thing possible um to to get money and and be successful and that's what on becoming a god in central florida was centrally about and so uh, i feel a lot of that is going on here with we know we kind of see her like at the beginning of the show like with her own aerobics class and they do a time um uh, we go back in time to 1981 and we see kind of like we're seeing the origin story of all this so I, I think it's really good. I think Rose Byrne's fantastic in this show. I think she's really fucking good. What did you think, Jake? Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I I I, I, I wear Rose Byrne's performance. I'll give the show a high taste it. Um, I It took all three episodes for me to get there, though. I feel like after the first episode, it was a low taste it. Um, a lot of the stuff you were saying really rings true. Like All the characters are super despicable, um, especially her husband. Like, he... Oh my god, I can't stand that character. But yeah, it, it's a little bit of that train wreck where it's like, oh, I gotta see how this goes. And, and I do think Rose Byrne's character does become more likable over the course of the three episodes. It does seem like there very potentially could be a bit of a redemption arc for her. Um, I like a lot of the uh, interactions between her and the uh, other girl that volunteers at the school that she later finds out is very well off and then has to kind of befriend because her husband is very influential in what her husband is trying to do. And I think their relationship is very interesting. Um, I like this, a lot of stuff with that character in the third episode. I also want to give a nod to this show. Uh, it's so easy when you set a show in the 80s to just do all the stereotypical 80s music. And I thought this show did a really great job of picking familiar songs, but songs you didn't hear 8 million times. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like Loki in that aspect where they just use the fucking... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought a lot of really solid and sound uh, song choices. It really made me hope that someone's creating a uh, playlist for this show on Spotify because I, I would listen to the physical playlist of all the songs that have been featured on this show. I think that'd be a fun listen. But yeah, I, I think I'm in it for the long haul. I After the first episode, I, I was like, this isn't really my thing. But after the third episode, I, I'm, I'm right there. Like, I would have watched the next episode if it would have been available already. Yeah, I don't feel like every show I have to watch that I have to root for somebody. If that was the case, I wouldn't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, correct, correct. So, I, I get that. Sometimes Some characters are so despicable, though, that... It's just hard to stay invested. Absolutely. I, I agree with that, but I feel like there's something going for, there's some, they're leading to something. I just want to see where it goes. Um, I really liked Bonnie and her husband, the, um, the person that runs the aerobics class and her, uh, porno making slash surfing <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah. I, I think those two characters were really fascinating, and I, I really enjoyed them in those episodes two and three. Yeah, I kept thinking of Point Break when I look at him. So. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Neil, you watched two episodes. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see where Jake was, was coming from about wanting to be out after the first one. Um, I'm glad I went back and, and, and was had enough time to watch the second one because that, that second one really kind of tied over the um, – the first one and 
I really, really liked the internal monologue as you brought up. Um, yeah. I, I thought that it was really well placed. Uh, the inflections were great. Uh, it really gave you an insight into her character, and it lets you know that even though you kind of hate her, there, there's reasons why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also thought, thought a lot of the, the camera work was really, really interesting. Uh, some of the shots, you know, like upside down shots, some follow shots that like pan into the car, and it, it really worked for me. Like the visuals, of the, the cinematography. Um, I like that they're highlighting uh, an eating disorder. At, you know, there's that warning in the hotline at the very beginning of each episode, and like that's that's really important. I think to to touch upon like this was a real deal. This still is a real deal, and, and people have this issue, and it's yeah. nice that it's finally getting talked about. Dude, I uh, I, I didn't know what bulimia was. Uh... Until I, did you ever watch that episode? I think the first time it was the episode of Different Strokes where Kimberly was bulimic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I never watched that. And it was, um, <laughs> Joe, did you ever watch that episode of Different Strokes? Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it like, and I remember them covering it in like health classes and stuff in middle school. Yeah, you know, when they, when they first started talking with us about eating disorders. Oh, it's a ter- it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible. Oh, it thing. sure is. It's you know, it's. It's an addiction like anything else. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a monkey that's on that person's back. Dude, and, and you and hear the way her. She per- yes. The way that she portrayed it in here. It was very good. I mean, it, it showed. She know, keeps she, she keeps saying, like, this is the this is the saying, last time. This is the last yeah, she time. She spends her whole day saying, I'm not dancing around saying, I'm not going to do this. And then when she eventually gives in to even the smallest temptation, then it just cascades, just like it would with an addict. And before you know it, she's doing this thing that she feels absolutely compelled to do, but also absolutely fills her with shame. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that part of, of her performance is just absolutely spot on. And, 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 you know, with, with her inner monologue, like I love that too. I thought it was just great. And, and you can tell that, you know, this inner monologue she has, it, it's coming from this body dysmorphia that she has. Cause when you look at her and you're like, wow, like, especially, you know, they they make no bones in the first episode of being like, oh, she's she, you know, she's an older woman and, and this is how she feels about herself. But it's like, lady, you look fantastic. Yeah. But that's not that doesn't matter if you have body dysmorphia. When you look in the mirror, you're not you're not seeing the same body form that, that everybody else is seeing when they look at you. Like like personally, I've I've struggled with with my weight my whole life. And, you know, in the. I don't know, probably like five years ago or so, I was in my best shape and like, I'm, I'm a good, and then I got a few different injuries and stuff. And, and so now I'm like, I'm a good hundred pounds heavier, you know, than I was at my fittest. And Facebook has that awesome knack of reminding you what you looked like (laughs) a handful (laughs) of years ago. And I'll see these pictures of me, you know, out climbing and stuff, you know, like wearing like a harness cinched down tight. And I'll look at those pictures and be like, God damn, I was fit looking. It, but then yeah. I'll remember that in those days, I didn't think I was fit. I I would like I'd look in the mirror and I would only focus on you know the belly fat that I had left or whatever other parts mm-hmm. of my body yeah. that I was obsessed with. Yeah, it's... and only I was obsessed with because that's how body dysmorphia works. It it is it's a, a mental shit going on in your head and and the way that she was able to perform this and the way that they wrote the character is really smart too because. Her inner monologue is it allows us to see how hard she is on herself, 
but then she also projects that onto everybody around her. And, mm-hmm. and you're right, man. It, as a result, she is not a very likable character, at least from that, you know, I only have the experience of the first episode, but I mean, there were no likable characters. I mean, <laughs> I mean, her husband is just, I mean, just a gross piece of shit. And like, she even pretty much says that in, towards the end of the first episode. Well, the, the you fact know, like, that Jake, like when we get to the third episode, the fact that like, you know, he's giving this leadership position to, you know, that young student that we meet in the first episode uh, for his campaign. And like, it's this, you know, it's his wife that fucking masterminded the entire campaign infuriated me. It's like, what you're only giving this leadership position to this girl because you want to get her in the missionary position. Like that's <laughs> yeah, all this totally, is totally. And it, it, that, that infuriated me that he's not giving his, wife, you know, a little bit more credit and, you know, you know, stay, God damn it. Talk about standing by your man. She is <laughs> doing all that and more. He doesn't deserve it. There was that, uh, metaphor near the end of the first episode that he came up with, uh, that he said out loud, the, uh, the baseline thing, you know, as a bass player, I, I totally, I it really connected with me about how she's the one who's steady and always in the background, but never, Super prominent, but if you take her away, the entire song falls apart. And, and like that is is the very truth of the show is like she is doing all of the um, actions, but she's not never getting recognized for being the glue or, or yeah. the uh, one who's pushing everything forward, the one who's actually driving the beat of the song of their lives. Yeah. Oh, I hope she kicks him to the curb. I can't stand him. Yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I definitely give the first two episodes uh The first one is about a middle-of-the-road taste. The second one's definitely a high taste for me. So I'm, 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 I'm at a high taste for the series so far. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at a Tupperware after the third episode. I can't stop watching this one, and I think Rose Byrne is just, like, uh, fucking phenomenal. As for, as for as much as I cannot stand her character of a lot of the time, I think that she's fucking killing it in this role, especially, like, yeah, recording the inner, the inner monologue and, the, like, just, like, the delivery on her performance of it's like she has to in her performance not only does she have to like portray uh no in her performance she just has to portray what's going on in her mind but also like try to like hide that from everybody else that is that she's coming in contact with i think it's a really cool kind of like uh balancing act that she's doing here like because we can see things on her face but I think she's really good. She's really fucking good. The trailers were very misleading for this show. I was expecting kind of like a um, a glow. Yeah. 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 But that's not what the show is at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. If you if you take away like if you eliminate that idea before you watch the show um, from the trailers, I think you'd have a better time not expecting anything similar to glow at all because it's nothing like it even yeah though it's set nearly the same time yeah and hopefully this doesn't get canceled like glow god damn it yeah motherfuckers about that yeah i'm still pissed that we're not gonna get that next season joe what did what did you rate this bad boy i'd give that first episode a high taste it high taste it okay there we go there we go yeah it's physical it's on apple tv plus if you're fucking uh if you're watching it 
I bet I bet you Paul Hart's gonna review that on Apple. <laughs> I bet he's gonna review it on Apple to Oranges. So check out that podcast. They they already announced it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, watch Apple to Oranges with Paul Hart, man. Fucking great guy. Check out that podcast. June and uh, Jesse Candler. I gotta get Jesse on this fucking podcast, Jake. Yeah, you do. Yeah, has she ever been on other than like maybe one of the hundreds? No, and I've been. I'll be honest with you, a hundred percent. I think the past three weeks, I've been thinking we need to get Jesse on this podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. I co-signed that. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Why am I not getting Jesse on this fucking podcast? That's and, and you know what, Jake, I came to the. I start. I started self-deprecating <laughs> myself. I had this inner monologue where I'm beating myself up over over it, and then of course I haven't invited her on yet, so I'm still beating myself up over it. <laughs> Jake, you got to be wanting a break, man. Um, I don't need it, but I I'll take it. Are you guys good to go? Yeah. We got two yeah. more things, Jake. Just two more things, dude. Yeah, I can hold out. Holy I need to pee, but it's not like I'm dancing. Okay, we're not dancing. You're not doing an aerobics class right now. <laughs> are no, you? No. All right, Fatherhood on Netflix. Who got who? Who watched Fatherhood? I did. Everybody? Did not get to this one. Joe did not. You're a bad dad, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the actual father on the podcast. I know. Ironic. <laughs> the only fucking father on this one. Joe's like, fuck it. I ain't watching it. <laughs> I lived it. Kevin. <laughs> This comes out. This, this came. This came out during uh, Father's Day weekend. Kevin Hart stars in a heartwarming, funny, and emotional true story about a widower, widower taking on one of the toughest jobs in the world: fatherhood. Uh, we've got Kevin Hart, Alfre Woodard, Lil Rel Howery, DeWanda Wise, Anthony Kerrigan, and Paul Reiser in the cast here. It's based upon Matthew Loughlin's 2011 memoir, Two Kisses for Maddie, a memoir of loss and love. If you want to know what two kisses are, watch the movie. It'll make sense. It, uh, but, uh, you know, I watching this movie, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, like, yeah, you know, the guy loses the guy loses his wife and you know uh this is shortly after she's given birth to the daughter and uh and uh, he's a very immature guy and so the family uh you know the grandmother um of uh of of the wife that passed away she doesn't she she doesn't she wants to raise the girl she she doesn't trust that Kevin Hart's character is going to be able to take on the challenge of raising a daughter this guy is you know i mean it sounds like his wife was kind of like uh you know, in the home, she kept everything together. She was on top of things. And, you know, he's got a good job, but uh, very immature. So they're worried about him raising this girl by himself. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, this just, I, I want this to be a movie just about, you know, a father raising this daughter and being a, a being a good father. And then, and then I kind of got upset when they introduced like this, this, you know, this new love interest and, I, I slowly got over that, and I and it's because it's like that's real life, though. I mean, I think part of like part of part of like healing and stuff like that is finding out that you can still you can still you know even though you've lost someone, and they'll never be replaced. You can still find love, and, and that's just human. So I got over that really quick, and I I think that. Uh, 
the the little girl they cast in the role was just so charming and adorable. I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. Alfre Woodard. God damn it! You, what, what can you say about her? Everything she shows up in, she's gonna fucking give you an amazing performance, and she did here in this as well. Paul Reiser, Laura Howery playing these supporting characters did a fantastic job. Really, honestly, the movie kind of like hinges upon the performance of Kevin Hart, and I think he, I think he did a really, really good job. I really do. I really do. I know what I'm gonna get from everybody else, but Kevin Hart in a drama. You know, like, I've seen it. We saw it in, what was it? Oh, God, he did that movie with uh, with uh, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, which was like, it was a kind of like a retelling of the uh, of a French movie from the actor from Lupin. And, you know, he was good in that. I think he was really good in this, man. I I will give this a high taste it. Um, because I, I think it's a, it's an uplifting story and it's a, it's a based on a true story. And I think it tells a, I think it has a really good message. It has a really good message in this. And, um, it's just, it's good to see, you know, a guy that just didn't give up and, and, and really just put all, put all of his energy into like raising his daughter and stuff. I think it's, I think it's a sweet story. It's not, this is, I'm not saying give it all the Oscars. I'm not saying giving Kevin Hart an Oscar nomination. I'm just saying it's an inspirational, sweet story. And it's a great, especially coming out Father's Day weekend, man. It really, you know, I, I, I liked it. I was kind of moved by the, this movie. I thought it was really good. So I'll give it a high taste. What would you, what'd you think, Neil? Yeah, I'm right there with you in the high taste. Um I did think it got a little formulaic as far as the conflict and resolutions in the cycle that they went in, but there was never any extreme versions of the conflicts or the resolutions. It all was very real-life feeling. Uh, the third act got a little bogged down. Uh, some of the time shifts were a little jarring, but other than that, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I, I thought that Kevin Hart was outstanding in this part. Yeah. The kind of like um, understated, uh, subtle performance that you get from comedians occasionally, like um, Will Ferrell in Stranger Than Fiction, or like Jim Carrey in uh, The Truman Show, where, where you have these over the top, really loud, boisterous comedians really toning it down and playing it super straight and super real, realistic, and it works. Uh, I mean, you had a little bit of the fun, Kevin Hart, sure, occasionally, yeah. but it worked within the flow of the movie. Like, with his relationship with his friend Lil Rel Howery was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Lil Rel had a line about uh, him being a goofy mother fudger that had me dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I like the message uh, of, like, empowering his daughter and letting her make her own choices as far as the pants go at school. Yeah, yeah. That was really, really cool. Um, that that pulmonary, like, when, when you found out about the pulmonary embolism, that, I, I, it broke me for, I... Yeah, I was weeping at that scene, like just from Kevin Hart's performance, and then Alfre Woodard coming in and, yeah. and like doing what she did. Yeah, like that scene was fucking powerful. Um, I love seeing the dude from Barry 
Uh, yeah, yeah. It's always so awkward and funny. Uh, he was a nice little levity. Uh, I, I love the picture of Paul Reiser's goth children in the back. I love the fact that like, yeah. like they really uh, promoted this this positive support system that he had. Where you, you know all these situations where you'd go into in any other movie. Uh, you know, he would get fired, or he, he'd get shit on by his friends, or all this kind of stuff. And it was never that way. It was always, okay, we're here. We're we're here to help you. We're here to make sure you don't fail. And if you do fail, that's okay. Like I like that message. It, it really was kind of a necessary way of approaching this kind of story. And yeah, it, it was. It was a really good watch. I never would have watched it had it not been for the show, but I'm really glad I did because yeah. it was it was a really it was a really good good movie. Definitely high taste it. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's really good. If you needed like proof like this guy has like grown up and stuff, like just watch the scene at the club, you know? And yeah, yeah. 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 Um Jake, you watched this. Would you The only father on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called fatherhood. We've got Joe. You have two I'm boys. Through the list and looking them all up, and then prioritizing the order in which I was going to watch them. Yeah, I was like, eh, I saw Jersey Girl and didn't like that. Joe's sons are, uh, you, you, dude. I had one of your kids. I had, <laughs> I had one of your kids record like a like a like a, we did like a funny. Action figure commercial for American Gods podcast when I did that. And <laughs> your kid fucking killed it in that, man. So funny. So funny. And you didn't watch this movie and that's a huge letdown. Um, no, but you've done, you've done a fantastic job raising your boys. Your fucking, your son was hilarious in that ad. I actually want to play that. I mean, if I can find that clip, I'll play it. If I remember, I'll play that at the end of the podcast. It, it is, Super fucking funny, uh, Greg Alenti. About like, like shadow screams into the gorge like a fucking pussy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Alenti's, uh, you know, son did 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 some voice work on that one too, and did, did equally fantastic. It was just a, a, a really funny commercial that we that we aired <laughs> before uh, American Gods podcast, but. Uh, yeah, Jake, what did you think about fatherhood? Uh, I, I really liked it. I, I'm going to go ahead and be the person that gives it a Tupperware. I, it was honestly my favorite thing I watched for the podcast this week. Wow. Um, I, it really took me by surprise. I, I wasn't expecting uh, much like Neil. It was just, you know, it was on the list. I'm going to watch it. And, wow, it, it really got me emotional. I thought the performances were, were really good. I thought the casting of the daughter was amazing. Oh, she's I, so funny. Um, and I, I liked, um, I just thought the characters were so really fleshed out. I mean, I know it's based on a true story, but obviously they've, they've added some stuff in to make it, you know, feel like a movie. And I, I liked how Kevin Hart, like, had all these, like, problems that he had himself that he would project onto his daughter. And I thought that was a really interesting dynamic between the two characters. Like, I love the haunted house scene when she's just like very, very calmly like, "This is cool. This is cool." And he's like, "You punched a clown." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was one of the funnier scenes. I thought the most funny scene of the whole movie. Um, you know, him, him worried about her having separation anxiety when she doesn't at all, and that's, mm. and that's him that has that problem. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a really smart movie in, in, in that way. Yeah. Um, 
I loved Alfie Woodard. I thought she was great. Um, you know, where their relationship ends up at the end of the movie, like really, you know, I, I've had family members like that that are just so overbearing and hard to get along with. But at the end of the day, everyone's on the same team and trying to, you know, achieve the same goal. And you just kind of, you know, realize that family is family. And I, and I love their dynamic and how their relationship ended up. I was sad when this movie ended, knowing that I w- wasn't going to see, like, any more further adventures of, of, of Matt and his daughter. Like, I, I would honestly watch this as a TV series. I, I thought it was that good. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, nice. maybe, maybe this guy's got more stories to tell, man. That'd be cool if they fucking they could turn this into a series, you know? Yeah, it's like one of those things where, like, they, like, pull the plug and it's over and it's like, damn, I got so invested and it's like, now I'm not going to know what's yeah. going to go on, you know? I did like, like I did like the all, like, the there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to see and we got a lot of flashbacks that kind of filled in, like, special moments of, like, her first uh, first time walking and stuff like that. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, I love the scene with the ducks, which I believe was right, you know, in that line of stuff too. Yeah. Not the mighty ducks. Settle down, everybody. <laughs> Not the mighty ducks. And I, I, I did, I liked the, um, the, the swan girlfriend angle and just like, you know, how worried he was introducing a relationship yes. to Maddie. I loved, I loved her and Maddie's first meeting. I think that's and, important. Like, and, and when I was first watching this, I was like, oh, don't do that thing where they introduce, so he's got to find a new love. And when they did, I was like, Brian, you're being a fucking bitch. You're being a bitch. <laughs> you fucking, you can find love again. It's not, that's not, that's not, it's part of the fucking story, man. It, it's, it's, you can find that again. And the, the way that you're, you're talking about, Jake, being respectful about waiting before he introduced her to, I thought that that was really important for them to fucking kind of showcase in that, showcase that in this movie. Yeah, I thought it was really sad when he kind of had to end that relationship. Like, you kind of saw that coming. And I think that was the point of the movie, like, seeing that he's like, oh man, he's gonna, he wasn't there for his daughter and he's gonna blame this relationship and he's gonna end it. And then, you know, it's like when he does, you're just like, oh man, you know, yeah. the one good yeah. thing he had going for him, you know, outside of his daughter and he, he can't handle it, you know, so yeah, it, it, it was heartbreaking and charming and I, I just had a great time with this movie. The time just flew by. Yeah, I would have loved to hear Joe Stark's thoughts about this being the only father on the podcast. <laughs> 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 but we all know what happened there. Spoilers. Joe didn't watch it. Okay. I got a little loud there and I apologize, Joe. <laughs> I can handle it. It's okay. Love you, Joe. Love you, man. Uh, who watched uh, Joe? I know you. Did you watch any of the season two of Dave? I want to talk about it real quick. I did. I watched the the first episode of it. Uh, I absolutely loved the first season of Dave. Me too. Um, it was one where I'd look forward to that new episode every week. Um, I'm generally not the biggest fan of, you know, that, that cringy kind of humor. And Dave can definitely go into that territory quite a bit. But just the unique way that it does it, it, it always wins me over in the end. He, he's he's such a hapless idiot. And, and I love what they set up for season two in kind of what his dilemma is that he's going to be going through. And I thought this was a really strong opening episode yeah. for, for season two. I'd give it a, a uh, Tupperware. I give it a Tupperware too, man. That fucking the video shoot in Korea episode, you know, like I watched the, I watched, they dropped two and I, I watched both of them. 
Man, sometimes I fucking, as much as I love the show, this is another one where I fucking hate the character sometimes. He infuriates me sometimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes such poor decisions. Yeah, and he treats everybody around him like shit, and, like, all they're trying to do is help. And, you know, sometimes he'll come to the realization that he's being that way, but it feels like he just God, always starts to treat people like shit again. And so... Well- and I wonder if the show is almost a way of him, like, kind of owning up to that and pointing out, like, yeah, I mean, because the show is kind of loosely based on his life. And so, you know, it, like, w- with how that the first se- I don't, I'm not going to give anything away, but like with how the first season culminates and stuff, you know, th- there's times where some of those episodes where even though he's making these decisions you, you dislike and you, you're seeing the way that he's treating people in his in his orbit, but it's like. He's also putting it out there in the public eye and saying, you know, look how I've behaved. And so in a way, the parts of the show almost feel like a mea culpa. But, you know, I could be putting more into it just because I like I like Dave. Yeah. (laughs) And and so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, oh, my God, he's one of those people that can be his own worst enemy. Totally. Uh, Neil, do you watch Dave? I have watched the first three episodes of the first season. Not your thing? Not your cup of tea. Oh, I liked it a lot. I just it just is one of those ones that got away from me, and yeah. then when I, yeah, I, I ran out of time. You know, it, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just lose, want, lose stuff. I get it, dude. I get it, dude. I'm, I bought a uh, Mjolnir bottle opener. Would you guys watch a porn of like uh, of a Valkyrie fucking straddling the handle of a Mjolnir? <laughs> And just riding yeah. it. Would you watch that shit? I'd watch it for about. I'd watch it for about seventy-five seconds until you came. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because you know it's not going to tip over. Right, it can't move. It can't. It, <laughs> thank you, Neil, for explaining that to me. <laughs> what if she kegels and picks it up? <laughs> oh, she, oh fuck holy shit she, worthy. you're worthy like she can't pick it up with her hand but but her badge is worthy oh my god <laughs> it's a whole new dimension of the of, of the story of Mjolnir <laughs> Jake it's it's like Seinfeld all over again sponge worthy <laughs> uh, Jake you, you would watch about 75 seconds yeah, yeah, seventy-five to ninety. <laughs> Jake, after, after seventy-five to ninety seconds, Jake's like, I got the gist of this. Yeah. <laughs> so she, okay, I get it. She's fucking a hammer. Okay, I get it. It's yep. like it's like a that's, dildo. That's why I would stop. <laughs> I would, I, I would get penis envy from every hammer I see in my home. <laughs> I'd have to shave them down at the handle a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Mjolnir with a suction cup on the end. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about, we'll take a break, is blind spotting on stars. Anybody have you has has anybody watched the movie Blind Spotting? No, no. Joe? No. Oh my God! You guys got to watch Blind Spotting. David Diggs is amazing in it. Oh my God! Six months after the events in the of the film. Uh, of the same name, Ashley's partner of 12 years and father of their son, 
Miles is suddenly incarcerated and the situation leaves her to navigate a chaotic and humorous ex- uh, existential crisis when she and her son, Sean, are forced to move in with Miles' mother and half-sister. And so, yeah, she moves in with Miles' mother and half-sister. And Miles' mother is played by Helen Hunt. And uh, the half-sister basically is, like, running this kind of, like... What would you even call that? She's like the those girls like only fans slash influencer type thing. Yeah, they're just wearing like sexy lingerie, and I guess people just send them money or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, how that, that was that was the gist of it. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> um. I, I seriously, I don't. I have no idea how any of this. No, I believe you. I didn't think that was a, like a, a nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea how any of this works. But um, yeah, I mean, I loved Blind Spotting. It was one of my favorite movies the year that it came out, and uh, I did read on IMDb that David Diggs does make an appearance in one of the episodes. But who got a chance to watch Blind Spotting? I did. Okay, Jake. Oh yeah, I hated this. I, I I don't know what it was. It had this weird like artsy tone to it that just drove me fucking nuts. Like, just all of a sudden, like the weirdest surreal things would happen, and it really took me out of the the drama. Mm. Um, like the scene when she's talking to her husband at the prison, and then everyone puts their hand up at the same time. It was so bizarre. She's like delivering like haikus to the camera at one point. They like kind of break out into a song and dance number at one point. It was just, I couldn't, like, get into it, because it, like, if it's going to go that direction, go full throttle in that direction. It had these, like, slight artsy slash musical nods going on through the episode, and I found that to be bizarre, distracting, and annoying, and I I will not watch another episode of this. Oh, wow. You should watch the movie. You should watch the movie, Jake. You should watch the the movie. The show did not encourage me to watch the movie. Ah, The the movie's fantastic, and seriously, like, it was... uh... It was it was a pretty popular movie that year as far as like uh, critics and everything. I and that doesn't matter to me because I love the movie, and uh, I I really like the series, man. I thought Helen Hunt was fantastic. I'm I'm really digging the series. I'm gonna give it a fucking oh well after one episode, I am gonna give it a high taste. And I I did enjoy it quite a bit. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to blind spotting. Yeah, I'm surprised you you liked it as much as you did. I guess you have that connection to the movie that that may have yeah. helped you some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was weird and not in a cool way. Weird and not in a cool way. Okay, man. All right. I would, I would recommend maybe watching the movie and, uh, and maybe after that, I'm not saying go back to the show, but I would say hundred percent watch the movie. The movie is fan fucking tastic. It's really good. Yeah. I'll look into it. How old is that? Uh, three years old, maybe. Okay. <clears throat> I think it came out in 2018. So yeah, I loved it. I love the movie. But yeah, it's on stars. I don't know how many episodes it's going. But yeah, it's on stars. And they, god damn it, every time I want to get rid of stars, they just fucking, they put up a show that I gotta watch, and this is one of them. I gotta watch it now. Bring you back in. Yeah, you're sucking me back in. <laughs> we literally had a conversation about a woman fucking the handle of Mjolnir. <laughs> Who the what? A, Jake, Jake, are there any yeah. other podcasts? The conversation lasted longer than I'd watched the video. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think any other podcast is talking about that this week? Not any other good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
man. Yeah. I love this bottle opener. It's so fucking dope, dude. It's cool. It's fucking cool. It's... All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the pop culture leftovers news. Don't you wish there was a pop culture review site that appealed to cinephiles both professional and casual? Well, look no further than CRPWrites.com. New content such as movie and TV reviews, film essays, and more are released every week by writers who crave for movies like every moviegoer craves for popcorn. CRP Rights is dedicated to making sure no one is wasting time or money where they shouldn't be. After all, you have to be able to buy your popcorn and eat it too. CRPRights.com. Casual reviews with purpose since 2018. All right. Hey, we're back. <laughs> you know, we took like a five-hour break there. I took a little nap. Yeah. I watched that. Mjolnir? DiGiorno video, <laughs> yeah. You, what? Did you say di, Did you say DiGiorno video? No, no. I was laughing. My laughter made me mispronounce the word. <laughs> when, you, when you mispronounce Mjolnir, it sounds like DiGiorno. <laughs> yeah. That takes so, way more than 70 seconds. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. So she fucked the DiGiorno guy. And then she fucked the handle of Mjolnir. I think the three of them did an Eiffel Tower is what really happened. Holy shit. (laughs) Jake, send me the link to that. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it is time for the pop culture leftovers news. Like it's a big fuck. Like, like people don't know it's coming. (laughs) If you... (laughs) Like it's a big fucking announcement. This week, this week it's different, Jake. It's the pop culture leftovers news. I mean, you never know. We could just be like, yeah, this episode's fucking terrible. We're no news this week. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's, true. it's time for the news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. News here from Cinema Blend. Indiana Jones 5 set photos are leading to questions about the upcoming Harrison Ford film. Indiana Jones has been through a lot. The whip-wielding archaeologist's fifth big screen adventure is currently in production. And while we have far more questions and answers about just what sort of movie that will be, early looks at filming are providing few answers and only more questions. In this case, the big question is, just when is the movie set? A shot from where Indiana Jones 5 is apparently currently filming has surfaced online, and while it certainly doesn't reveal much, what it does show us is cars. However, what's interesting about the cars is that they appear to be from an era much earlier than we would expect from the fifth indie movie. Uh, by the way, I wanted to point out that these pics uh, were posted on Twitter, and if you try to see them now, uh, they have been removed. So the studio has reached out to Twitter and had these pictures removed. Anyway, the article goes on to say, Indiana Jones' adventures begin with Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was set in 1936. The most recent film, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, was set in 1957. It's been 13 years since that movie came out. It will be 14 years old when Indiana Jones 5 is released, and so it stands to reason that since actor Harrison Ford will be over a decade older, the new movie will take place more than a decade after the last one. A lot of us were thinking it was going to be in the 60s or even in the early 70s, and the article goes on to say, while it's difficult to peg what era these cars are from, the picture doesn't reveal a lot. Those who know more about cars are pegging them as anywhere from the 1940s to the late 1950s. 
much earlier than we might expect. Jake, I think you were kind of on to something last week, you know, uh, when I did say that there were pictures floating around with Nazi symbols and stuff like that. Um, I think that we might get a flashback of the of of the nineteen forties era Indiana Jones man. I think I think they might be filming some flashback scenes here. Are we going to get a de aged de aged uh, Indiana Jones starting off this movie? Can I get the music in the back while I give my thoughts? You know what, Jake? I'm gonna. You know what? Just like DiGiorno, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna deliver that for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think we're gonna get a DHC. I mean, that technology has. <laughs> it's there. It, they can pull it off. Um, it'll be believable. And I think that'll be a fun scene. I, I think that's a little bit of. Like, Crystal Skull is a little bit hard to watch just because he's like. It just does not look like Indiana Jones, you know? And I think that would connect the character with the character that we love from the first three movies. I think it should be the opener, too. Like, instantly give us those feel-good old indie moments and drag us right into the movie. And and make it work. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Make the plot device matter. Make whatever happened in the past come back to haunt him in the present and make that connection instead of just merely showing us the special effects. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's kind of like the start to the Last Crusade. Then now it's starting off with a flashback, and yeah, totally. Oh yeah, the River Phoenix, young Indiana Jones. The the whole origin. We get to basically find out everything about him. Why he wears the hat. Everything is basically revealed in that. <laughs> Why he has a scar on his chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why he's afraid <laughs> of snakes. <laughs> right. Everything. Every, all the greatest hits. It's like the solo movie, except less than two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And good. Yes, yes, and good. Jake, I'll be honest with you. When you asked for the Indiana Jones theme song, there was a part of me that wanted to play Bonnie Tyler. So I... (laughs) I would have hung up the the call. I would have have been done. (laughs) I've never done that before. It would have been the first time. <laughs> oh man, I do. I think. I think I, we had the discussion last week, and I think. I, I think we're on to something, Jake. I think that the the beginning of the movie will be a time jump. I think we're going to go back uh, to the the nineteen forties and and see like you know an older adventure with Indiana Jones, one that wasn't you know had has some loose ends that that uh, they put a pin in, and and he's going to get some new information and. It, I would love to see if, like, maybe some of the new information he gets is, like, something that maybe his dad wrote in a diary or something that, you know, that kind of connects uh, Sean Connery in some way to, like, the new Indiana Jones. And, I, yeah, you can say it's all member berries and shit. Ah, fuck off, motherfucker, <laughs> for saying that. Because I, I love that character. And I think it really fits with kind of, like, Indiana Jones. Like, they, they were both, like, these... These guys that were kind of like you know explorers and obsessed, um, you know, with with uh, with finally finding these ancient relics and, and answers and stuff like that. I think it'd be kind of cool to tie it back in with uh, Sean Connery in some way. But uh, 
I mean, this whole franchise resides on member berries, so I don't see any yeah. problem with doing something like that. I don't either. Joe, man, talk to me, dude. James Mangold's directing this fucker, the director from Logan. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the, everything that we're talking about here? Especially, you know, could we get a chance to see it at the aged fucking Harrison Ford in this movie? Does that excite you or? I am excited to see this. Um, I, I wasn't the hugest fan of Crystal Skull, but I didn't hate it as much as... Whoa, hot take, sir. Hot take. What? You are on the wrong podcast here. I did not like Crystal Skull. I, I just didn't like... It's, it wasn't a toss-it for me. Crystal Skull was a low taste. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know, because at wow. the end of the day... it. It was it was still indie going out and doing stuff, but I did I didn't like the the whole ancient aliens type thing. I thought that was pretty stupid. Um, yeah, I, I, I I've only seen Crystal Skull like twice, whereas all the other indie movies I've seen countless times. Um, but so basically, what I'm getting at is I, I'm not using Crystal Skull as an excuse to say this movie's automatically going to suck for me. It's like I'll go into it with an open mind. I think as far as de aging technology goes. I think it'd be insane if we didn't see that. There's so many movies that, that you know, do that these days. Um, but dude, Indiana Jones was like a huge part of my young life. I mean, I used to watch those first three movies on repeat. Um, I remember there was some fast food chain that was promoting them at one time, and they released all the VHS tapes. And when I was a kid, that was actually how we got them. And so we had, the, we had all three of those originals, and... God was like right around the time that like the young Indiana Jones TV show was out also. And, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just, I, I can't remember a time in my life when Indiana Jones wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, and this one's definitely got a director that I, that, I mean, he did such good, he did really good with Logan and oh, that was God, like a yeah. really good send off song for those characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially with, you know, Patrick Stewart, you know, as, you know. Oh, my God. Is Indy going to (laughs) die? I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion that he would, but maybe not. I mean, are are they that beholden to other stuff they did? Because, you know, that young Indiana Jones TV show, I don't know if that's considered canon in it anymore, but he was like an older man retelling a lot of those stories. It should be canon. I think it should be canon. I do. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I do think it should be canon. Is it, Do you think Marion's dead by the time we get to Indiana? They, they got married at the end of the last one. You know, Marion Ravenwood played by Karen Allen. Do you think that Marion's dead by this one and that's what, you know, another reason why... No way. I think she would come back. I wouldn't be shocked if we had a Marion Cami. I hope you're right, dude. I, I I want more Karen Allen. Yeah, I think she that would be you know, don't short change don't shortchange that actress. And and she was one of the parts of Crystal Skull that I really liked. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like her child, but um Yeah, I wasn't a fan <laughs> of the Mutt character <laughs> at all. It was it was pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah. Neil, man, you looking forward to this one or like the more I see of it, the more excited I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't excited when I first heard the news because I had the bitter taste of Crystal Skull, which I do toss, Joe. Yeah, that uh, was a hot take, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> At first it was a joke, but then it became a real hot take. <laughs> when you actually gave it the low taste, that yeah. Yeah, I gasped. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake grabbed his pearls. <gasps> it's like, for me, it's just like with Star Wars. I, I can't toss 
across anything Star Wars either. I don't oh, know. I it's just there's certain things <laughs> where I'm like, I can find something about this that, that is shiny. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. I have that problem with Star Wars too. Uh, like, Jake, Jake gives the holiday special a low taste. It. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is trippy, dude. It is wild, isn't it? <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. Go ahead, Neil. I, I, I'm in the same boat as, as you, Joe. That the, the first three movies are an integral part of my childhood. I watched those movies on repeat. Um, I absolutely love them, but I, I, that's why the crystal skull was such a betrayal to me. Um, and, and I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head that we are going to get some flashback scenes. Hopefully the one in the beginning, uh, will be a flashback scene. Um, but yeah, I, I am definitely looking forward to this more than I was previously mm-hmm. because it, it seems like they, they've taken the lessons from the failures of the Crystal Skull and have adjusted in order to make a, a better movie. And while the Wolverine wasn't a great X, wasn't a great X-Men movie, wasn't a great Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie, it wasn't terrible. And Logan was absolutely fantastic. So I think this guy has the chops to make a really good Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed on, uh, yes. this one. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, we could all just go in and say, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So yeah. it's dumb. I hated that movie. And we could. <laughs> I'd we, rather something be good than not. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I'm gonna. This is good. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna keep the hope alive until I see that first trailer, and then, you know, and and, and maybe that first trailer will fucking deceive me too. You know what I mean? That first trailer might be like my ex-wife. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> or Suicide Squad. <laughs> or Suicide Squad. Perfect Great example. example. Yeah. Uh, oh, but you know what? It also might be fucking Days of Future Past, where I think the trailer sucks, and then oh my god, the fucking movie comes out, and I'm just like, holy shit, it's amazing. I, I, you know, I put a lot of trust here in uh, James Mangold. I think the guy's a competent director, and I'm, you know, he fucking made. Uh, I guess this is the difference. You know, I guess this is the difference. You got, you got him directing Hugh Jackman, you know, who's playing an older Wolverine. He did a great job. But on the flip side, Hugh Jackman isn't fucking 80 years old. That's valid. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Patrick Stewart's getting up there. Yeah. Yeah, but it it was, he he was in a wheelchair the goddamn, the entire time, Jake. <laughs> anti uh, wheelchair. No, dude, 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 dude. I'm talking about. I'm talking. About, dude, it's not a fucking. The movie wasn't called. It wasn't called. It wasn't called Professor X. It was. A, it was a fucker. It was called Logan. It was a Wolverine movie, dude. It wasn't. He was in it a lot, though. It wasn't Charles. Okay, Logan. Jake. All right. If fucking if, if fucking Indiana Jones is in a wheelchair this entire movie, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to hear the music when he's going down the ramp. It's no, Neil, it'll be a lot slower than that. <laughs> it'll slowly speed up. Uh, the chances that they have him de-aged throughout the entire movie. I would love it. Zero percent. Zero percent. You know Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would love it, Joe. I would love it if they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to, you know, these movies haven't, <laughs> these movies haven't always been in the exact chronological order. Yeah. You know, I mean, because if, if, if we're being honest here, it's like, you know, Temple of Doom actually happened before Raiders. Yeah. And so it'd be great if they just were like, you know what? Let's just fucking let's give people what they want. Let's give them young Harrison Ford. You, you remember how fucking you remember how good Kurt Russell looked in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, yeah, exactly. They're just like, oh my god! You remember how good Harrison Ford used to look? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I watch Star Wars all the time still. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah, Jake. There's no way. And fuck. They're gonna they're gonna do a they're gonna do a it's going to be a flashback, and then we're going to get 1970, late 60s, early 70s, Harrison Ford, uh, geriatric Jones going out there. <laughs> geriatric Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what are the chances that Steven Spielberg makes a really hammy uh, guest appearance in this movie? Hmm. Hmm. Uh... I feel like it's going to happen since he didn't direct it. And oh. it's probably going to be the last one. Like, he'll be like a Nazi or something. Kind of like Michael. Him and George Lucas like, hanging out at the bar or something. Yeah. Like Michael Bay showing up in the third Bad Boys movie. It's going to be much like that flavor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just feel it. I'm calling my shot on that one. All right. All right. Real, real hammy Spielberg cameo in that movie. There you go. There you go. I like it. Jake, I like that. I like that Jake that's going out on a limb. <laughs> you're, you, you, you're conservative a lot. And I like that. Yeah. I like that you're like, you're, yeah, you're getting out of your comfort zone. You're going out there making the, yeah, I like that, Jake. I like this new Jake Elliott. I'm trying to have some fun with it because I'm not going to lie. I, as much as you guys rallied against it, I have a hard time shaking that. I saw Crystal Skull, and this is going to blow attitude. I, I, I really have a hard time shaking that attitude. I, I wish I could, but you guys are stronger than hear you there. I need to see a trailer. I need I need a little bit more to get actually excited about this project because of Crystal Skull. I don't know if you're making it better by predicting that Steven Spielberg's going to make a cameo in this movie. Well, that's my whole point. Is <laughs> I, I'm expecting the worst. <laughs> 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 You're mean. <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong, dude. Ian, I, I'm right there with you guys. It was such a part of my childhood. It was, I loved it so much. I was old enough when Last Crusade came out to like see it in the drive-through and remember seeing it opening night. And yeah. like I already loved Sean Connery, and that just made me love him even more. Oh and, God, yeah. Like I'd watched that movie a hundred times. I when let, when the Indiana Jones Super Nintendo game came out, it was such a huge fucking deal because we hadn't, other than like the crappy Atari games, we'd never really gotten a good Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Even when fucking Lego Indiana Jones came out, I bought it. So it's it's just Crystal Skull kind of killed the franchise for me. Like I just I don't even think I've really revisited the old movies much since that movie. Mm. God damn, that's a sad just, fucking story, dude. I just pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm just too much of a completist. If I'm going to watch like a whole series of things, I can't go, well, the last one got sucked, so I'm going to skip it. That's your I, problem with Oh my god, I get I get you now. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's your problem. <laughs> like that's maybe that's like your hatred for like anything new Lord of the Rings coming out. Not hatred, but like kind of like uh trepidation. It is, it is true, yeah, cuz it's like I feel like I can't even watch it unless I fucking swallow my stomach and watch Hobbit Part 2 and 3. Oh my god, Jake. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Yeah. To live your life like that. What a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to say fuck it. So liberating. Yeah. I could be wrong. I've like, seen I, the Hobbit I, movies. I hope it is good. So when I do that Indiana Jones marathon, the, the last movie is going to be a fucking good one. Like, I'm fine having one in the middle be a bad one, but... Oh, it's terrible Dude, for the I last hope one to be bad. Indiana Jones Five. I hope, like at the end of the movie, like everything, like the, like everything looks bleak. It looks like Indiana Jones is going to le- lose, and then those monkeys from the Crystal Skull <laughs> <laughs> save, save the day. Oh man, it's kind of like Rise of the Skywalker a little bit. Like, right? Yeah. The, man. How bad that movie is makes me not want to watch the new trilogy because the last thing I have to yeah. watch is Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, but like, does it take away from like the original trilogy front for you? No, not really. Okay, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. So like, it's see that's why that's why the original Lord of the Rings trilogy like still holds like a. Like a, a place in my heart. It doesn't matter what the Hobbit movies did. I still, I still I love have, that first trilogy. I have rewatched Return of the Jedi though since the new trilogy, and it does. It is silly. Like when Luke's <laughs> when when Luke's holding Vader, and it's like he killed the Emperor. It's like it's really tragic that the Emperor is not dead right there. That's bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like all that sacrifice for fucking nothing. Six movies of sacrifice for nothing. That last movie should have just been all fucking Kylo Ren, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they were going to bring the Emperor back, it needed to have a better explanation and more impact. They really dropped that ball. That needed to be bigger than just it's the Emperor and he's back. Somehow the Emperor's back. Yeah, yeah. That's the fucking line in the movie. It kills me every time. You can see Oscar Isaac smiling when he delivers it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Here we go. He says out loud, somehow the emperor has returned. (laughs) And that's that. That's your explanation. I've only seen it once in the theater, and I will never watch it again. It's terrible. It's a gorgeous movie. Like, it still looks and sounds beautiful, but, oh, my God, it's all style and no substance. That's why it's, uh, god damn it. It's, 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 I think, I think like Disney has learned a lot from that mistake. And I think it's like one of the main reasons we're seeing like, uh, showrunners for one show. Like we're not, you know, like WandaVision. What's that? Yes. Unifying visions. Yes, yes, yes. Like WandaVision had one showrunner, you know, one writer. And same thing with, uh, with with Mandalorian, it's just been it's been head up by like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, you know. And yeah, I feel like the Star Wars thing was gonna work though. They just biffed it on the last one. I feel like the Episode Seven and Episode Eight worked, and yeah. it was I put all the blame solely on J, uh, solely on JJ. JJ really whiffed the ball, and I I think the Trevolo movie would have been a better movie. Yeah, it w- I think the experiment would have worked. Yeah, I mean it's like. 
I, I was very reticent once I heard that J.J. Abrams was coming back to do the sequel because of my experience with Star Trek Into Darkness. He can't do sequels. He's bad at it. He's great yeah. at fucking, like, teeing shit up, right? From the get? Yeah, he can set a good Dude, universe. Fuck. Yeah, the Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I don't care what anybody says. I fucking love Force Awakens. But honestly, if I could go back, if I honestly I wish if if Lucasfilm could go back and do it all over again, I wish they wouldn't have killed you know, I feel like just like each movie is just like the death of like a legacy character. And I hate that. I hate that, yeah. man. And that's why, yeah. I lo- Jake, that's why for me, the Mandalorian season two, bringing Luke back and just having Luke fucking go in there and just fucking kick ass was just like, it was kind of just like, in a way, I feel like, and Dave Filoni doesn't need to apologize. But I just felt like more apology tour shit, though. No, man. For, for me, it was an it was a well deserved apology. And it didn't look good enough. Oh, it didn't. I mean, I saw the deep fake, but it didn't. You know that the the look of it didn't take me out of like what was actually happening. It was fucking Luke in his fucking prime coming back and fucking being a badass. That's I gave him hero of the fucking year for the Tupperwares that year, man. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I thought that moment. Was- you're you're going to be my villain of the year, Jake. <laughs> I would be honored. I can't think of a bigger honor. <laughs> you son of a fuck. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Uh, that scene was so cathartic for me to, yes. to finally see Luke Wa- Luke Skywalker just being an absolute badass. You know, with a lightsaber, some something that, you know, it's like if you if you're a bad guy and you're on the wrong end of that, you should be afraid. And yeah. they did a good job portraying that there. And I agree, they did, they did whiff it on the CGI. And coming from Disney with everything we've seen on the MCU side, yeah, it was a little shocking that it was that botched. But they should have just hired Sebastian Stan to do it. That would have been pretty cool, <laughs> dude. I can't. That would have been really cool. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. Yeah, really. I can buy it more when it, when it looks close than just it's bad CGI. Because the bad CGI just yeah. looks. Every time five years passes, it looks even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry, I Joe. I didn't, this Indiana up. Jones news has gone off the rails. <laughs> 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 <Pretty great. laughs> We're, we're we're basically mad at Harrison Ford for getting old, <laughs> and J.J. Abrams for whiffing the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. News from MovieWeb.com: The Matrix Four had a test screening. One viewer shares their very strong opinion. Did you guys see this news? No, I can't wait to hear no. this. Uh, this is, guys, I'm going to tell you, uh, I do think that this is legit. Uh, this comes from at viewer anon. Guys, we've talked about viewer anon in the past. Viewer anon, Jake, is the guy that leaked the entire plot of Wonder Woman 1984 online and hit it on the head beat for beat. That's what I got from Reddit. Viewer anon is like fucking notorious, uh, for leaking shit on Reddit and he did talk about his test screening watching uh the Matrix this new Matrix movie Matrix 4 
highly anticipated sci-fi sequel, The Matrix 4, has reportedly been shown in test screening, and aside from revealing the title to indeed be The Matrix Resurrections, as was previously rumored, the solitary review of director Lana Wachowski's return to the world she created has some very positive things to say. The surprising reveal of a Matrix sequel after all these years certainly has a lot of fans nervous. This is what at viewer Anon said about the viewing. Take this, guys, take this, uh, as, as it is. It, it's, it, 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 I'll just read it. You guys can come to your own conclusions. The Matrix Resurrections screened this afternoon and it is weird, meta, engrossing, surprisingly funny, and ambitious to a fault. I expect, uh, I expect viewers to be wildly mixed, but the people who will love it will love it. And that comes from at viewer Anon. And then there is a follow-up tweet that said, this is definitely the work of Cloud Atlas Lana Wachowski, not Jupiter Ascending Lana Wachowski, which is another positive about this one. So, um, I will take that as it's a serviceable movie. And it's going to be divisive at the end of the day. I feel like it's going to be divisive. Ex- you know, you know, expect fans to be uh wildly mixed, but the people who will love it will love it. So it's I think this is going to be a divisive movie. Some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I believe I believe this guy. This guy, viewer Anon, is legit. I think this is the real deal. Yeah, it's kind of like an obvious statement, though. I feel like a little bit, like uh, uh, you know, the second and the third one are so criticized that it's kind of an easy thing to say that oh, you know, some people are going to like this one, some people are going to hate it. So he didn't really come with much facts here. Well, I mean, you got to understand that this person, uh, you know, when you go to watch these, uh, you know, screeners at the theater or whatever, they sign NDAs. So you can't really get into too many, too many details, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, we're lucky to, we're lucky to get this, to be honest with you. It's very fortune teller though. Like, yeah, I can see this coming true even if he's making it up. Right. I think the big takeaway for me though, Jake, is like, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be beloved by everyone. Yeah. I love the title. I didn't know it was called that because that franchise is dead and needs to be resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hit that nail on the head. Right. I, that, that, that might be the only thing they hit on the head, Jake. <laughs> I can't wait to see it though. I, Matrix 1, was just 1999 was such a crazy year for movies with episode one and yeah. Fight Club and Matrix One and it was just all these movies that just really just like mm-hmm. blew my brain. Yeah, and Matrix Matrix is definitely Giant in there. Bucks, yeah. yeah, it was definitely in there. The trailers were great. They didn't spoil the movie. You were in when you saw that thing a half an hour in. You were just fucking mind blown. It was one of the most anticipated sequels of all time in my lifetime. Dude, when I think and, of influential uh, movies, I think of like influential action sci-fi movies. Um, action slash sci-fi. I think of, uh, Terminator 2. Um, I think of The Matrix and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll even put Die Hard in there even though it's not sci-fi. It's an action movie. I think like, you know, like you see Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, you see a lot of movies take 
you know, elements of these movies and inject them into, into future projects. Like fucking Die Hard had a spawn of fucking movies that were basically like Jean-Claude Van Damme had to do his own version where he was in a hockey arena <laughs> and tear, you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking, uh, Steven Seagal had to do one on a boat where a naked lady pops out of a cake and I will rewound that thing so many times and oh my god, I think I rubbed my dick raw watching that scene. I really do. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, seriously, my dick was in trouble. Those <laughs> when I when I was able to record that off HBO or whatever the fuck. But um, remember her Playboy spread? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> we need to come out with a Patreon episode where you talk about that, Neil. <laughs> That's some pay to play shit right there. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, I hope it's good though. Yeah. Like, are you, hey Jake, hungry. my question, are you going to be watching this on HBO Max or are you going to the theater to watch this? I'll be going to the theater. Neil, you going to the theater, you watching this on HBO Max? When does it come out? I fucking have I think uh, it's December. December. I'll probably go to the theater for it. Joe. I'm, I'm looking it up. HBO Max, uh, after my disappointment on the third one, oh, I was wow. like, mm, no. December 16th. I, December 16th. We know if, if I have an option to watch this at home versus the theater, uh, the Matrix Four does not get me excited enough. <laughs> what, to hey, but what, do, what if this? What if this movie blows your dick off? Then you're going to be like, "Oh my god, I wish I would have saw this in the theater." Like Neil and Jake and Brian. <laughs> this is true. And then you're going to be like, "Oh my god, you know what else? I should have probably watched that fucking Fatherhood movie for that fucking show we did." <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm the only fu- I'm the only fucking father on that episode. <laughs> Me and my life of regret, I guess. <laughs> Joe, you know I'm. Joe, you know I'm fucking with you. I don't care. Oh, of course, dude. You could, you could, Joe. You could come in here I and be like, skip the best movie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Joe could no. Joe could come in here and be like, Brian, you gave me a whole list. I didn't want. I didn't do one fucking movie on that list, and I would still welcome you with open arms. <laughs> I would be mortified. I would never do that. To you. I, you know, honestly, I, I feel so terrible when there's ones on the list I don't get to, and then this one is just too ironic. <laughs> if you fucking, if you fucking did that, I would. I if you did that, I would open. I would open up with arms, arms wide open, and I would play that Creed song. <laughs> oh, <man>. Run away! <laughs> now, this week we are reviewing. I am Joe Stark, and he, he did not watch the movie. <laughs> Here we go, Joe. This is for life. you. Brian sent him the list. He knew it was on there. <laughs> this is for you, Joe. Joe, you watch nothing this week. <laughs> Joe, you watch not a single thing on the list. She's my life. gonna change. What is what is this song about? God. God. Yeah. <laughs> Christian rock band. <laughs> I mean, it's a song about her, I Stream down my face. There he said, Oh man! It's all about accepting Jesus inside of him. Stop! No religion! No, hey! 
All I did was play the fucking song. You didn't have to go there. Okay? I'm fu- now I gotta, I gotta use, I gotta fucking use fucking, uh, Mjolnir as a fucking gavel like him in the, like I'm. <laughs> I object to Jesus. Hey, come on! God damn it, Jake! You motherfuckers always trying to slip in religion and politics on every fucking episode. This guy just played Creed. We don't have to. He's not li- literally saying that shit, Jake. Jake. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a, it's not a very big metaphor. <laughs> Uh, not exactly <laughs> subtle. <laughs> All right, Neil, yeah. knock it off, Neil. My, fucking politics. Okay, my arm. You know what? My arms are folded right now. So fuck all of you. <laughs> Come on, Neil. We were having fun, and you had to bring that shit into it. Jake, you're not helping anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, my arms are folded. <laughs> Ah, fucking Matrix Resurrection. I wish this episode would die. Oh my god. Oh man. Let's, uh. Oh shit. Let's, uh, let's, uh, jump out of the news and jump into Marvel news. I'm still mad at you guys. <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally God, isn't it? Um, you know, let's, <laughs> let's jump into Marvel news. Black Widow has screened. Here are the reactions. Have you guys read some of the reactions to the uh, Black Widow movie that screened for critics? I have. Brandon Davis of ComicBook.com said, "Black Widow is one of the Marvel's uh, one of Marvel's best solo films. Start to finish, the movie is great. Excellent surprises, emotional character moments, badass action, and Scarlett Johansson finally gets to pour everything into the role. Director Kate Shortland nailed it. Bravo. Uh, Megan Demore." Uh, CBR editor said, well, I certainly enjoyed Black Widow. As one comes to expect from a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, the movie is packed with crazy eye-popping action and that signature brand of humor, plus a strong emotional core that pulls at the heartstrings. And uh, it's like, uh, she says, uh, goes on to say, Black Widow is really going to please fans of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. The film shares a lot of blood with the Winter Soldier, with without being an exact clone of it. Fans who enjoyed the way Black Widow was written in that film will have a lot to love here. Rob Keys from Screen Rant says, I just watched Black Widow yesterday, and it's as refreshingly different to other Marvel Studios releases as it is just to have these big movies back. The leads are awesome, and the story does something, some unexpected things. It's the most adult MCU release yet, but still offers a few laughs. Eric Davis from Fandango says Marvel movies are back. Black Widow is a tense, action-packed spy thriller that truly completes Natasha's story in a visceral and emotional way. Florence Pugh crushes it, is an instant MCU icon. This is like the MCU's Bond movie with shades of Mission Impossible and Thelma and Louise. Uh, A few other notes from Eric Davis. Yes, there's a post credit scene, so stick around. David Harbour is hilarious and a major scene stealer. 
takes place after Civil War, so lots of Avengers references. If this is Scarlet uh, Scarlet's final performance as Natasha, it's a great way to go out. So, a lot of positive feedback from the critics that have been able to watch Black Widow, and it is still my second most anticipated movie. I think, dude, fucking Shang Chi just rose to the ranks, dude. I can't wait for Shang Chi. Suicide Squad's my number one. I didn't ask you, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Shang-Chi's the top of my list. I can't wait wait to see the the fight choreography in it, man. The trailer's got me so excited. Jake, do you like it when I I minimalize, like, your opinions? I kind of do it sometimes. (laughs) I can can get in the mood for it sometimes. <laughs> it's like it, we, I shouldn't promote an abusive relationship on this podcast, Jake. <laughs> I feel like I do sometimes, but then you're you're kind of like a little bitch, and you like it. So it's like yes, sometimes I'm into it. Yeah, sometimes you're into it. Sometimes I spank your little bottom, and you're like, yeah, call me a slut. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Abuse me more. <laughs> Spank me harder, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, these reviews are exciting. I, I get mostly excited hearing things that it's like the most adult Marvel movie, hearing that yeah. it's like a real spy thriller, that it has relations to Winter Soldier. Those are some of the big like takeaways that actually get me pretty pumped. And here she bangs Mjolnir in this one. <laughs> yes. Very adult. Very adult. Jake leaves after 90 seconds. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just... We just... <laughs> During the movie, you see some guy grabbing his crotch and walking out of the theater. <laughs> there goes Jake. <laughs> he got what he came for. <laughs> oh boy! No, I. You know, I honestly, it's like uh, this character has gone through a lot of changes since the. I, honestly, it's like that her first appearance in Iron Man Two. They basically just. She was very sexualized in that movie. And so oh, yeah. it's it's nice to see that she's got a female director here and uh we're getting a legit, you know. I I don't know. I think the evolution of the character in the MCU is one of the better ones. I think you know from like first time they introduce her to like the point where like she's fucking, you know, her and Hawkeye are fucking battling to, you know, to end their lives there at the Kill end. Themselves. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that was insane. So, yeah, dude, it's I, crazy that they're doing a movie. It's the first movie they've done with a character after the character has died in the current timeline, too. I find that fascinating. Yeah, I if that could happen more. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's like like Solo, you know. Yeah, yeah. they're they kind of referring to this as like a, a Marvel, well, Marvel flashback. Movie, yeah. I know, Jake. I just I wanted to shit on Solo. I, honestly, I I don't hate Solo. I don't hate everything about Solo. Yeah, I, I hate it. I don't hate everything about I like, Solo. I like Donald Glover and and uh, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Dude, I honestly, I honestly think fucking uh, the dude that played uh, Han Solo did a good job. Yeah, Sometimes. I agree with that. It's In the some script. scenes. Yeah. It's just that uh, if you can't explain why his name is Solo better than that, then don't explain it at all. No one was asking Ugh. why his last Dude, name was that Solo was dumb. Movie. That was <laughs> dumb as shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the movie's just filled with that kind of shit. And I just, oh, my God. It's too much. It's the worst kind of Star Wars fan service. Yeah. And then Black Widow, guys. 
But I'm definitely excited about Black (laughs) Widow, for sure. Uh, You know, uh, Scarlett Johansson has done a pretty masterful job, I think, with what she's been given in the MCU so far. Yeah. And to to hear that she finally gets to let loose and fully embody the character is pretty exciting. Um, And David Harbour, he's... I I love David Harbour. (laughs) He's so fucking fantastic in everything I've seen him in, which does not include Hellboy. Um, what so, about what about his five seconds in the uh, David Ayer Suicide Squad? Did you enjoy him in that? He was not the problem, and uh, he was the least. <laughs> he was the least of the problems in it that was movie. Like the best scene in the movie. It was the best scene in the whole movie, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I want the I want the David Harbor cut, you know, of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Fuck your air cut. I want I want the Harbor cut. It's like the it's like the opposite of the Snyder cut. It's like three minutes long. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I got a I got a question for you, Mister. I'm going to stay home and watch Matrix Four. Are you going to fucking pay thirty bucks at home to watch Black Widow? Or are you going to be going to the theaters to watch this bad boy? I'll probably oh, fuck, dude. I might end up doing both. See, I love watching MCU movies in the theater, but my family also want to watch it. Ah, okay. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they'll want to go to the theater. So I, I could see myself going, though, because, I, I mean, that's kind of a thing I've been doing for a while now is catching every MCU movie in the theater. Yeah. How can you? How um, can, oh, man, you you got to see this one on the big screen, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a handful of movies that, you know, I just I want to catch them for that. At least that first time. Dude, are you going to. OK, after after your after your journey with the Fast and Furious, are you going to be going to the, the theater to watch F9? Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I ain't waiting for that to come out on streaming after this. No. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know, Jake. Would that would that be on Paramount Plus or is it is it Universal? It would be on Paramount Plus. Yeah. But it's not going to be on Paramount Plus. They're only doing the theater, I believe. Good for them. Good for them. I didn't know if it was going to be like one of those forty five day deals where like after forty five th- days. I think it may be quicker to get on video on demand than you know, a normal movie, but. It's it's not day and date. Wouldn't it be cool if in like the third Creed movie he fucking fought Scott Staff from fucking Creed? <laughs> Who is that? Is it Scott Staff, the lead singer of yeah. Creed? Oh, okay, I get the joke. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> is that his name, Scott? It's something yeah. like that. I've never it's, known it's his Scott name. Stapp. Scott Staff. Yeah. I remember reading an article about him a few years ago that he was homeless and living in his SUV. So that Creed money, that that arms wide open money, did not last for very long. Well, now he's got his he's got his hands oh, this wide was open. After that, yeah. Oh Post Creed, Post Creed, homeless, living in an SUV. You know I mean? He's this third movie, dude. He's like he's Chris Farley warned about living in a van down by the river. <laughs> he's living he, it now. He's living That's it. That's not now. what happened to him. I mean, I don't know what he is. I don't know what he's up to now, <laughs> dude. That would be great to watch Creed three, and it's fucking Creed versus Creed, and he just punches this guy one time in the face, and he goes down. That's it. Oh, one time. <laughs> I want to see him get punched like thirty times, dude. There's no way he's gonna get punched thirty times. There's no way he's gonna fucking be able to stand up after one punch from fucking. Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's a good point. We need to find him a better opponent. The entire band. I just want to see him fucking punch the entire band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh boy. Yeah. 
So, yeah, looking forward to Black Widow. I love the guy that had to tell you there's a post credit sequence. Yeah, we know Guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what? What? It's what? Horrible. This is a new thing in the MCU. There's a post credit <laughs> scene? Really? I mean, after 20 movies, I need to be fucking told this? Oh, my God. Yeah, Eric Davis. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for your service, Eric Davis. <laughs> Star Wars news. I, I don't have any DC news other than the fact that I did go to see a movie this week and they did play the Suicide Squad trailer again. Wait, and I so fucking we're not going to talk about the, the biggest uh, DC news of the week. Are you talking about <laughs> and uh, not going down news? Okay, Do, guys, we've been covering this for fucking years. When the bumper says Batman destroyed my vagina, <laughs> I love it. You have to play the bumper for this week. How can you skip it? Last night. Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Alright, I don't have the story pulled up, so you guys fucking... I, I've read about it, but if you guys... Uh, it sounds like you guys are well-versed in this fucking... Uh, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Batman... Like, Go ahead. like one of the few like really bright spots on social media this last week. You know, there's always, every so often, there's like a story where it kind of brings everybody together in mocking its ridiculousness. And this was that story this week. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the gist of it is that um, in Harley Quinn season three, there was going to be a scene of Batman eating out Catwoman. And DC told them not to because, quote, that's what heroes don't do that, end quote. And oh, I've so been told differently. Mocking began after that. I've been told differently. I've been called a hero after eating some pussy, so I don't know exactly. what the fuck <laughs> they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely not a villain move. Yeah, hold on. Like, literally, I've, I I guarantee you this has been ringing through some women's ears in the past. Hold on. Holding out for a hero, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's before, though, right? Before yeah. the action. Are you literally coming? Literally coming, Neil? Because yes, you wouldn't be lying. coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we sound like such douchebags right now. <laughs> yeah, you played the bumper. That's all we needed. Try, la ladies, settle down. They've all faked it with me. All right, okay. <laughs> So I'm not I'm not trying to pump my own ego. They've all, I've had that inner monologue, that fucking self-deprecating shit while I'm eating vagina. It's like I'm doing this all wrong. I, oh my that was oh, I started off on her butthole. Oh my god, I can't believe this is going the way it's going. I kind of enjoyed the butthole. Maybe I should go back there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, they 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 won't let Batman eat pussy in season three of uh, of Harley Quinn, which that's unfortunate. That would have been funny, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it would have been a good laugh. Yeah, you know, cats are called pussies. It's like Batman's eating, literally eating a pussy. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> meme out of it was uh, it was a cartoon of, of Batman, uh, Catwoman, and then holding Catwoman's hand. Wearing a Batman costume was Alf and said, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Jake, oh, you, Jake, come on, man. Dude, you sound, you sound so uncomfortable right now. 
Oh, I'm not uncomfortable at all. No, I think it's hilarious. I, I love this story. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's 2021. Let let Batman eat some pussy, right? Yeah, yeah. And all press is good press, though. I think if anything, I mean, as silly as this was, maybe it'll bring more eyes to Harley Quinn. God damn it. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Well, it, I mean, the fact that it's going to be on HBO Max and, and not DC Universe should bring a lot more eyes on the first two seasons, I would imagine. Yeah, that's true as well. A subscription service that people actually have. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people should be catching up on. Did you guys watch the, did you guys watch the Red Hood stuff? The Titans season three teaser? Mm-mm. Wow. No. I didn't either. I put, I, what's that? I didn't know that Red Hood was going to be in. That's oh, awesome. yeah, dude. Yeah, that's like the big thing going on this season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, man, I loved the, the beginning of season two, Joe. I just think it kind of like yeah. petered out, dude, didn't I'm, it? It was yeah. one of the, the, when you take the, the season premiere of season two and the season finale of season two, yeah. it's like, it's almost a different show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. did you have like your fucking C squad come in and write the finale? <laughs> What the I fuck know. happened there? I know. It's like, it's like, how do you take Deathstroke, one of DC's best villains, in my opinion, how do you take Deathstroke and somehow make that kind of a boring season? Well, and then you had you had a fucking, what was it, like, one of the Themyscirans fucking die from something oh. falling on top of her? It's like, yeah. what? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. So I mean, they made some choices in there, but overall, like I love Titans. Oh, I do too. I do too. Especially that first season. The first season was so good. Yeah. And 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 not to say that season two was bad. I just I just wasn't really that thrilled with. And it could have been that I was I was pretty overstoker going into it just because I, I love Titans and I've always been a huge Deathstroke fan. So you know I, I had a lot of high hopes for that and. <laughs> I'm going into season three with super high hopes now too. Hearing that they're going to do the Red Hood storyline, yeah, I man. can't wait to see how they pull that off. Well, I love that, that kid that they've had playing. He's great. Oh, so good. He's I mean, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such an annoying little shit, and does it so well, <laughs> doesn't he? Perfect. <laughs> so good, man. That Titan's so cocky in that first season where yeah. he's like talking. He's like, he's like. Batman, he's like, he's like, we wear bright colors to draw fire, man. He's like, they're looking at us. <laughs> the, the bat drops in, trashes ass. <laughs> Jake, it sure does. Titan season two, Jake. They got uh, what's his name uh, from Game of Thrones? What's that dude's name? They got him to play Bruce Wayne in that second season. What's that which, dude? Which guy? What character? He, he's Jorah the Mormont. Yeah, Jorah Mormont. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian, uh, Ian something or other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we both know his first name. <laughs> what is that motherfucker's name? I'm looking it up. Is it Glenn? Yes, Ian Glenn. You guys couldn't remember Glenn? If it had been Ian Danzig, I'd have remembered. <laughs> A little Glenn humor for you. There's yeah. like six people out there get that joke. I don't get, even get Danzig to fight the guy from Creed. That'd be a good fight. <laughs> Dude, did you ever see that video of Glenn Danzig getting his ass kicked? Yes, what? I did. That, no. Dude, there's a oh, video of a guy punching Glenn Danzig like in yeah, like after a concert or something like that, and he fucking just lays him out flat. 
So what happened was uh, he sh- basically forced his opening band to get off the stage so he could start early, and then afterwards the opening band member was like, fuck you, and like socked him. <laughs> Dude, yeah, the video's on YouTube. Glenn yeah, Danzig. Yeah, just wow. t- just go to YouTube and... drops. Yeah, I, I found it already. I'll watch it after the show. <laughs> he, he fucking... Dude, it's like Creed versus Creed. It's like Scott... <laughs> <laughs> Scott Stapp getting bitch slapped. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's fucked up. Uh, what do we got here? Last thing, Star Wars news. Jake, do you want me to play this bumper? Would that make you feel good? Uh, yeah, we don't need it. Really? Jake says no to the Star Wars bumper. Joe, are you saying no to the Star Wars bumper as well? Uh, sure, why not? Saying no. Uh... Neil, it's all down to you. Do you want the Star was Wars that, bumper? Wasn't a sure no or sure play it? <laughs> no, I was saying sure, sure. Let's let's skip it. Oh, okay. Neil, I want it. Neil wants it. <laughs> you know what, Neil? You're my number one. You're gonna get it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most ridiculous bumper. <laughs> I've always commented on that bumper. Luke is so whiny at the end. It's not impossible. Vader's a fan, Luke. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous bumper ever, Jake. How could you not want to hear that? You're the one that wanted to replace it, so don't give me this shit. Dude, dude, I have actually played the replacement bumper for a couple of other people that appreciated it and loved it. I didn't hate it. It's not a replacement bumper. It was a fucking bumper that we could use sometimes. That's all that it was, Jake. It never was a replacement bumper. <laughs> and we've talked about this. There was another bumper that I made for Star Wars News, and I played it for you, and I played it for Scott Shooty, and you guys are ho-hum on it. And then I played it for Paul Hart, and I played it for Dan Ramirez of the Heroes of Noise podcast, and both of those guys thought that it was pretty damn good. Well, I'm sorry that me and Scott delivered the honest goods, and you had to go to your yes man. I'm sorry that you, and this is this is from this is from the motherfucker that don't like Bonnie Tyler. So suck on this shit. Fucking eat it, bitch. Eat it. You like that shit, Jake? Paul Hart, you like it? Yes, I do. Suck it. Suck it, Jake. I'm slapping you in the face with the dick of this song. (laughs) I need a fucking hero that's not Jake Elliott. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Skype up, Skype up heart and And it never, it never, fuck you. It never was. It never was a replacement. I was just going to use it sometimes. (laughs) 
Right, I, love, I love how fired up you immediately. Like, you just you went zero to 60 on this like the fight just happened yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm fit. Seriously, man. This I, is one of my favorite topics, too. I fucking, I, I, I harbor some serious anger at Jake with this kind of shit. <laughs> I remember, hold on, I remember an old episode where I fucking played the, uh, like at the beginning where we like play like the, the Spider-Man bumper right before we start the show. Like, you know, I, uh, I got bit by a radioactive spider in my dick or whatever the fuck he says. And then you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, the only podcast that has the, the only know, podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive yeah. spider. I played that for Jake and Jay before one episode and they, there was no reaction out of those two motherfuckers. <laughs> and so I didn't, pl- I didn't fucking add it to an episode for fucking months. And then I played it fucking, I'd say like a year later for Jake. And he's like, Oh, he's like, he, he, he reacted like, Oh, that's new. I like that or whatever. And then, and I was like, dude, I fucking played this for you and Jay a fucking year ago. And you two just fucking, you guys had your thumbs up your fucking asses when I played it the first time. You inf- you you fucking infuriate me, Jake. Sometimes I'm a tough crowd. You are a tough fucking crowd. Ninety fucking seconds of fucking Scarlett Johansson humping a fucking Mjolnir handle, and you're out. I don't know what else you want. <laughs> I, mean, I think you misinterpreted the ninety seconds. <laughs> Was it seventy five? I don't know. I, I can't uh, remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was it? We were in Star Wars news now. Is that what we're in? Yeah. All right. <laughs> 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 they died, they liked it, Jake. They liked that bumper. I'm sure they did. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? Fuck it. When this episode's over, I'm gonna play it for fucking, you know what? No, fuck Neil and fuck Joe. I don't, I'm not playing it for anyone else. I don't, seriously, I don't, I don't need this shit. I'm searching my Paul Hart DMs right now, and here we go. Brian just played me the bumper. Boy, was it awful. <laughs> <laughs> you're a you're a liar. <laughs> you lie. God, that Paul Hart, I tell you. Oh my god. You face son of a bitch. Oh my god, I would never have expected that from Paul. Oh god, Paul. Oh, you you destroyed me at my core, sir. You gotta watch him. Two Face isn't his favorite Batman villain for nothing. Uh, <laughs> oh. Shit, my face hurts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Wars and shit, man. You know they got the, they got wars going on in the stars, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they happened a long ass time ago. <laughs> when are they ever going to catch up to modern day with these Star Wars? I know, dude. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Can we get to the present time already? Oh, Jesus. I mean, what's going on? Uh, Jake, this is dumb. Uh, we should have ended 10 minutes ago. <laughs> no, I think 10 minutes ago we were delivering the goods. 
uh, ten minutes ago, I was oblivious to the fact that Paul Hart hated my fucking bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Disney, this, this is come from, uh, this comes from Dark Horizons, Disney and Lucasfilms up, I love you guys, even though, Jake, even though you hate my creative decisions sometimes, I, I, I still love you, and, 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 and part of me hates me for that. I don't want you to think that I'm just gonna say everything's fantastic, though. Like, I, I, I just have always tried to be brutally honest with my opinion, so my opinion means something, you know? And when I tell you I love something, you're like, fucking A, I'm sure, it's a fist-pumping moment. Yeah, but on the flip side, when you hate something that I that I made, you know what? Next, the next thing I make, I'm gonna give it to you, uh, and it's actually I'm just gonna take a shit in a box, Jake, and that's gonna be yours. <laughs> All right, because that's what I feel. That's how I feel about you right now, Jake. I made this for you out of my own out of my own body. This came from my rectum. I hope you <laughs> I hope you I hope you enjoy it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Give, give it to Dan Ramirez. He'll like it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. I, I love it. It's like, the you know, we're like, what, like three hours in? And it's like we, we can find out if Dan Ramirez really listens at this point, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I'll, I'll hear. Oh, yeah. Dan, if you're listening, I'm going to know because we've, we've been bringing you up here. Brian, everything Jake said was bullshit. Dude, he entered the Indian. Hey, he entered the Indiana Jones contest, so he at least listened to ten minutes of the last episode. Yeah, that's the beginning. Now <laughs> this is the true test here. That's true. The slanderous ass at the end. Oh yeah, this is this is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nonsensical bullshit that we get into at the end of the pod. Like the story that I'm going to talk about doesn't even matter. At this point. <laughs> That's how nonsensical this bullshit is. Disney and Lucasfilm's upcoming The Book of Boba Fett series won't just serve as a follow-up to the second season of The Mandalorian. It'll also tie heavily back to the original film trilogy. As part of a recent interview with Rotten Tomatoes, the, Shars, the show's star, Tamura Morrison, confirms the events. the event series will fill in the character's backstory right where we saw him in both the empire strikes back and return of the jedi jake we i think we speculated this man that and here's this quote we're going to see his past and where he's been since the empire strikes back somebody pointed out he has kind of been stuck in this one place yeah in the fucking belly of a sarlacc (laughs) in this one place no shit by the sarlacc (laughs) he's been in the belly of a sarlacc no shit Oh, well, you do a whole episode like that, you know, like the claustrophobic episode, like we talked about last week with uh, oxygen, you know, Kill Bill. Oh, the, yeah. the Ryan Reynolds one, yeah, and the Ryan Reynolds ones, yeah. They should do that, the equivalent of that with Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> and now's the it's time. Like the Sarlacc. And now's the time to actually go back in time and check out his journey and find out more about him. But yeah, that was the advantage for me. But. Uh, was that we hadn't seen him do much. And along with Robert Rodriguez as director, we were able to sort of introduce him in a dynamic way, bring him back in a dynamic way alongside the, the Mandalorian. It was just an honor to be asked back. I thank God they asked him back. He was great, man. I, I liked him in, uh, I, I liked him in, uh, Aquaman as well, as Aquaman's dad. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Indeed, Morrison seems excited to be back. He also understands the pressure that's on a series like this from fans and other corners and hopes the series will deliver on those fronts. I just hope I meet the expectations because you can somehow kind of feel those things. Definitely on the Book of Boba, 
you can get more of a sense and a feeling for if it's working or not. So I think with being involved with that last series of The Mandalorian and having a re-entry, it has created a little bit more expectation. But yeah, I feel good. We've done some good work. Uh, apparently, Tamir Morrison hasn't shown episodes to Jake Elliott because when I showed him that fucking bumper that I made for Star Wars, he shit all over it. <laughs> Poured my whole, my heart and soul into that fucking bumper, Jake. I've only played it for a handful of people. Hand like a, I can't even say that word. I've only played it for a few people. And uh, yeah. We need like a $20 patron level where uh, you get that bumper. I talked to Dan West about it, and Dan West had never played it for anybody. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Well, he hasn't heard it. You already I, broke that rule, though. I did break that rule. I wanted some fucking validation because you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> it fucking eats at me, Jake. Every day. I think you have it flip flopped who the bitches are here. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> You're an asshole, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I heard I was in contention for villain of the year, and I turned it up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I watched pump up the volume and you sure pumped up your volume, sir. <laughs> being an asshole. Oh my god. The jokes just are just getting better as we go on. <laughs> I thought that was solid. <laughs> mm. Speaking of solid, that shit I'm gonna take in that box is gonna be solid for you. We did kind of talk about the uh, the Star Wars news, though, back then. Just the yeah. title of the show kind of alluded to us. Like, the book of Boba Fett, you you knew it was like, well, you have these books that tell you the history of what you've done and where you've been. Kind of just alluded to maybe this is what they're going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I want to see, see how we got out of the Sarlacc, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they'll probably do the device where we start with where we saw him at the end credit sequence. Because that's very intriguing, and people are going to want to know why he's the you know ruler of Jabba's palace. And then we'll go back and see the whole journey there. You know, would you watch a Boba Fett show where he's kind of like a bro dude, and it was called the Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> yes, that could be that could be funny. Yeah, I think half an hour for that, half an hour format instead of the full hour. Right. You're always you're critiquing everything all the fucking time. If it's not, if it's not, if it's not a fucking bumper, you're fucking critiquing the time of Broba Fett. <laughs> I just say I don't want to get tired of Broba Fett. I think it's it's funny, but 45 minutes in, it may not be funny anymore. No shit, Jake. I've been saying that about you as a person since we started this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of hatefulness on this episode, isn't there? Yeah, geez, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Joe, how's that fatherhood watch going? Still pretty cold. <laughs> what the fuck? Mr. Low Taste Crystal Skull, what's your opinion? Oh my god, you're so you're so mean. You're so mean, Jake. I know. <laughs> Joe, I hope de never, never, never bring anything into creation and present it to Jake because it'll just. 
Oh, don't think I didn't hesitantly send him a copy of I Become Dead. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm gonna, dude, I'm going to keep it real all the time, bro. I, I, I keep it real. Like yeah, Jake's like bro buffet. I keep it real, bro. You don't want to hear fucking bullshit out of me. I keep it real. I keep it a hundred. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. No, Thanks for no. keeping it a hundred. <laughs> <Shit. laughs> I'm, I'm like, I see at this point, Jake, we're so many years removed from the me making that bumper. I don't even give a shit. Oh, I know. My stomach hurts, though. <laughs> uh, I was like, why did I eat those five Oreos on break? Oh, my God. Oh, what Oreos did you did you, Dude, I had those Lady Gaga Oreos a few months yeah. ago. What, what Oreos I, I did you had, eat? I just had plain Jane Oreos. Oh, man. Those double stuff Oreos always make me think of porn. And then I fucking... And then, <laughs> then I got a mouthful of Oreos and I'm jerking off to something on Pornhub. <laughs> Mjolnir writing video. You don't have to tell me, man. In Ninety seconds for a reason. <laughs> and you were fucking. You were the one that was confused about Kramer's fucking three seconds. I mean, come on, come on. Three seconds and ninety seconds. That's like an eternity in comparison. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, thirty minutes of Brobafet. Don't give me an hour and a half of that shit. Yeah, you come back to me when the fucking two-hour Burba Fett movie hits, and you're like, oh, my God. Dude, no, dude, I'm going to be like, I want the extended cut. This rocket-powered surfboard was pretty give cool me, for about five minutes. Hash, now, hashtag, uh, I want the Snyder cut of Burba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, restore the brobe. Mm. <laughs> hey. Mm. Joe, Neil, you guys looking forward to whatever the fuck we were just talking about? <laughs> you looking forward to that? You looking forward to that shit? Uh, I'm looking more forward to Brobafet now. Yeah, dude. How long do you want that show to be, Neil? Oh, God, here we go. Here we fucking go. Fucking Jake needs validation for his fucking 30 minutes of bullshit. I want classic Metalocalypse uh, robot chicken length. 15 minutes and we're out. Oh, Neil's even less than me. Ah, Neil's a cunt. Um, (laughs) Joe, how long long would you like your Broba Fett? (laughs) <laughs> Joe's like nine inches. Mm. <laughs> well, title alone makes it sound like a sitcom. So yeah, I, I'd go with thirty minutes. But you know, if the, if the writers are there, eh, there's a substantial plot on Broba Fett. On Broba Fett I could be turned. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sacrifice the vision of the writers of Broba Fett. <laughs> If there's more story to be told, Jake, I want a full hour, hour and a half of Broba Fett, man. Yeah, maybe for special event episodes of the series. Yeah, we should have a special event episode of this podcast where I fucking kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that for 400. <laughs> 
No listener Collins, just the brawl. Just, we, should, we should rent like those sumo suits. Just, it's stuff. just going to be – what? <laughs> like for, for 400, we should rent like those sumo suits and go out. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Episode 400, this is going to be me choking you like Homer Simpson choking Bart. <laughs> <laughs> With a rotating cast of listeners telling Brian to stop before he kills me. <laughs> I think he's had enough, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Except Paul Hart and Dan Ramirez be like, oh, good job choking Jake there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Such an asshole. <laughs> I don't, Jake. Here, I, I don't know. No, I don't want. I don't want to hear it from them. I want to hear it from you. Why can't I hear it from you? <laughs> Maybe I don't, it's not. You know, I don't want to hear it from them. I, I asked for it for you. Like I, like I get dressed up in all these pretty little outfits and shit, and like everyone else tells me that I look nice, and I never hear anything from you. I loved plenty of bumpers. I've been a champion of many a bumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And, and? And? I think you did a very good job on them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jake, you should go into politics. <laughs> like, that sounded a little... Neil, fun. fucking no politics on this side. <laughs> Alright guys, that's it. That's it. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. That's all I got. My I honestly I think my ego can only take this much. Alright, guys. Joe, where can people find you, dude? Hi, uh, you can find me on Startcast, uh, Long Form Conversation Podcast, or Number One Comic Books, where we review Number One Comic Books. Once every millennium. That's uh, right. It's been a little while since we did an episode, but there's yeah. still some there to listen to. Neil, where can people find you, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm on this on Smorgasbord, a Star Trek Universe con- uh, podcast. We talk about Star Trek, unsurprisingly. And uh, we've been on a little bit of a break just because our lives have gotten in the way, but we still got plenty of episodes up. There you go. Get caught up. Get caught up on the episodes. Yeah. And then when Neil sees all these downloads from people that enjoyed his appearance on this podcast, it'll get him and Steven Farsheet to fucking light a fire under their ass and record more episodes. <laughs> there you go. That's how that works, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you- episode you guys did where you interviewed that one actor from Star Trek, was that was such a fantastic interview. Thank you. Yeah, the, John Billingsley was, was was phenomenal to talk to. He's he's a peach of a human being. My third favorite Billingsley. <laughs> <laughs> so he made the list. <laughs> Peter Billingsley being number one, Barbara Billingsley being number two. So, in case people wondered, uh, guys. Uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. 
Sorry, I had to. One more time. That's yeah. it, Jake. I think, I think I'm retiring Bonnie Tyler after this episode, Jake. It's good. It's good. You're better than other people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't. Wow, a compliment. <laughs> oh, I know, Neil. I've been waiting for it on this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, shit. I, I that was sincere too. I fucked up right at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'll see you next week, Jake. What? Oh, F Fast and Furious Nine next week, dude. Yeah, Fast and Furious 9. I'm excited. I think I'm going to watch that new Pixar movie on Disney+. Plus. Too. Yeah, I haven't seen that it's yet. actually on the list. Luca is on the list. I love the director. I love the director. So, I yeah, we're going to be talking about Luca next week. I'll be watching that as well. It's a Pixar movie. i got to watch it. Yeah, I'm hype. I'm hype. I can't wait to talk Fast and the Furious with you for the first time. Yeah. Oh, fucking. Feels like the first time. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see that shit in IMAX. I can't fucking wait. I've got I've got my IMAX ticket as well, dude. I cannot I wait to see it in IMAX. I do too. I'm seeing it Friday though, so you'll be one day ahead of me. I will be one day ahead of you, you little bitch. <laughs> I'm 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 very aggressive with you this episode, Jay. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm fine. I'm good. I would I would never hurt you. I would never lay a hand on you, Jake. I feel like Ike Turner right now. I really do. I feel. Like <laughs> 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 oh shit! It's, it's been a very verbally abusive episode. You know. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, my ego is intact. All right. All right. I'm I'm a little distraught, but you know what? You'll come back stronger than ever. <laughs> I'm like a vagina after giving birth. <laughs> I'm going to come back stronger than ever. A taut vagina ready for action. <laughs> Just like that. Dude, the vagina is amazing, man. It's fucking a human being pops out that motherfucker and then it snaps back into place and it's ready for action. <laughs> I can tell you to wait like a month or so. Sure, sure. But yeah, man. Dude, dude, Jake, I'm telling you, dude, you take a slinky and you stretch that motherfucker out, it's done, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll never use it again. Dude, they, they should come out with a vagina slinky, man. That motherfucker, it's like, it don't matter what, kids, it don't matter what you do with that thing. You can fucking, you can pound that thing, you can, it doesn't matter, it's gonna come back and it's gonna be taut and ready for action. It goes downstairs, sometimes covered with hairs. <laughs> Unless you're using Manscaped. If you go to manscaped.com, you can uh, use the code PCL20, get free shipping and 20% off your order over there at Manscaped. Guys, get ready for action. Shave those pubes off. All right, we'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. American Gods, the television show, is sweeping the nation. And now American Gods action figures are here to the rescue. Your kids can relive all the fun with characters from their favorite show. Shadow Moon with Kung Fu Grip springs into action, dealing with unresolved issues between him and his dead wife. How could you cheat with my best friend, Laura? Shadow screams like a pussy into the gorge, like... Smells like insecurity. Looks like Billquist is on another date. Billquist uses Match.com. I should have used the Tinder. Oh, no! It looks like something has gone terribly wrong for this middle-aged man. And this time, it's not erectile dysfunction. Billquist uses her vagina powers to defeat you. 
be the bartender with your very own American God's Gator Bar playset. Mr. Wednesday orders another drink. You're an alcoholic, Wednesday. And just like any great martini, at this bar, you can shake things up with a good fight. Mad Sweeney punches people for fun. With American God's action figures, your kids can be the hero or the villain. They decide. American God's action figures are available where all great action figures are sold. Warning, vaginas are not a playset. Do not insert action figures into your hoo-ha. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's, it's, it's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers Cool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers, podcasts that are original and good have already been done before. So we should separate the wheat from the shaft and with a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. Trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.